1: if we can't get some some Chumbas tuning in I've actually got Sirenscape going so I can get some computer noises and stuff in the background going shout out to our sponsor Sirenscape (laughs) In CyberFight Clothing, Lion Banner Games, Elderwood Academy, Level Up Dice. Also, big thanks to our Talsorian Games for hooking up Cyberpunk Uncensored.
0: Cyberpunk Uncensored.
1: All right, we're live. So what's up, Chumbas? Uh, hopefully, people are tuning in. I got to get that. Um, I got to get the uh, the chat going. Um, it doesn't look like it's showing up live here, but yeah, welcome to the uh, the deep dive episode on Netrunners. runners. Uh, I have a special guest with me today. Uh, on Rio, Daniel. He plays uh, on Rio, our net runner, and our weekly ongoing every Wednesday. You can check out Team Nameless. We've been doing it a while. We're up to like session twenty something. Um, but yeah, while I try to get the chat going here in the overlay, why don't you? Uh, I don't know. Just do a little introduction for yourself. Let people know who you are, and you know all that yeah, good sh- stuff.
0: Sure. So yeah, my you know my real name's Daniel. Uh, you know, playing the weekly Wednesday game. Uh, with Team Nameless uh, I play the Onryo Netrunner right he, You know Is kind of known for uh, His uh, You know family was betrayed You know my characters You know uses kind of the Onryo Like Japanese like vengeful ghost idea Because uh, he wants to get back at people For uh, You know not being in quite the position He was hoping he was in um, So yeah it's uh you know, and then Netrunner, which I've always loved that concept of a, uh, of a you know, character. I'm a huge fan of William Gibson. Huge fan of, uh, you know, Johnny Mnemonic, which was written by, you know, the screenplay was written by William Gibson. Um, Neuromancer is my, you know, one of my top favorite books. So uh, the idea of being that kind of console cowboy net running type character... Uh, and the fact that I kind of do the real version of that being in IT for the last 25 years, um, you know, appeals to me. So that's kind of uh, where we're at for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm
1: still, I'm still pulling up the chat, so I'm a little bit slow
0: yeah, in getting that going. Gotta yeah. love the, the technical issues that come with the streaming. It's always a... Oh,
1: yeah. Well, we had it, you know, automatically pulling... Um, And now for some reason, well, for, you know, technical reasons, it doesn't want to pull in the chat. And I want to make sure we get that because I want everyone to be involved and contribute ideas. So just bear with me.
0: Yeah. I know PW Binds in here. Eric's in here. Val's now in here.
1: Uh, Yeah, I got to get in there. Let's get in there. (laughs) All right, we're almost there. Hold on, people. Bear with me. I feel like we're we're getting hit by net runners. That's keeping us from uh, <laughs> from getting it going. But I'm almost there.
0: But yeah, we're uh, gonna go through a, a little bit of a deep dive on how net running and net runners are. So if, you know, get if you have some questions, I'm sure we'll take you know address questions. Oh yeah. Uh, later on, you know, get get some of that thoughts for those of you in the chat.
1: Definitely. It definitely. Looks Hope like we, we uh... yeah, it looks like we got the chat showing up now at least for the,
0: uh, yeah,
1: for the stream. So that's good. It's it's not as pretty as I was hoping. Like I said, we had a direct feed going for it, but of course, as things happen, technical shit uh, messes us up, and uh, we had to <laughs> just kind of do it on the fly. So, at least we got it there. And yeah, definitely. Uh, what's up, Val? Uh, Eric, twenty seventy seven. Gwen. I see Frank. Um, and yeah, you said uh, P W bind. I got I gotta say it's funny because um, we actually we actually were chatting on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord, uh, and let me fix the chat here so it's a little bit be- better visible. But um, he, he it's actually not P W bind. Uh, it's P W B, and uh, the in the ind I guess is standing for Indianapolis or something. P W B. Let let us remind me of oh, that. Okay. But uh, but yeah, we joked we laughed about that a little bit. Um, and i told i was teasing telling him i was okay from now on i'll just call him mr bind uh, but no i'm ju- i'm just kidding now we won't we won't mess with them but yeah pwb what's up <laughs> we're finally getting that right after so many sessions of you tuning in i apologize but um but yeah this this you know whole deep dive series like i said i apologize at getting a clunky start i wanted to get that chat in the overlay there so people can contribute ideas as we go what's up renegade steve from sirenscape um, as you can see, I got some computer sounds going, thanks to Sirenscape, But um, but yeah, we're fully going. This series, each episode is going to be about a different role in Cyberpunk Red, and we're going to deep dive it. We're not going to go into the role abilities, how it works in that sense, and like the, the crunch of it. We're just going to get into like more of the style of it, I guess you could say. If you want to learn about the roll abilities and all that kind of stuff, check out my Cyberpunk Red Crash Course tutorial uh, series. I have one on the Netrunner, breaking down the, uh, the roll ability. And then I also have an episode that we did uh, showing how to do a net run. And I did that with Onrio, with Daniel here, our resident net runner. Um, so you can check those out if you want to get into details on net running and the net runner rollability and, and all that crunch. Deep dive is about style, so let's get into it. Um, before we dive into the different segments, I want to talk about life path, archetypes, recommended skills, and all that fun stuff. Um, I do just want to briefly go over what a net runner is. Um, and as it is in the book, cybernetic master hackers of the postnet world and brain-burning secret stealers. Um, the one thing I want to mention about netrunners, which I love, and I'm sure you agree here on Rio, is uh, in Cyberpunk Red, netrunners are just so much more dangerous. It's just, you know, to me, way more intense uh, because you're not, you're no longer remotely. Uh, hacking or whatever, you know, in the safety of your bathtub chilling or, you know, in, 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 <laughs> in a secret hideaway or whatever, you have to be within six meters of an access point. So it automatically, I, f- I feel, changes the vibe of a Netrunner just with that little aspect of it because, no, lo- like I said, no longer is it just, you know, different personality and style and all that great, but you're actually in meat space. You're in combat you're within six meters of an access point so you're affected by shit it's just it makes shit crazier like i feel net runners in red you're either like super crazy and like willing to get in there and then enter the net which is like ar not vr and and risk being in meat space while also being in the net you got to be crazy or you're more like a ninja or a rogue or some shit you're stealthy you're trying to you know be tricky with it and and pull it off but no matter what it's just it feels more dangerous in red how do you feel about all that
0: yeah it's it's definitely more because you know in in 2020 for those that that may not be familiar with the the you know previous version of cyberpunk you know net running one being the the mechanics of it was very difficult with GMs because you were it was its kind of own separate you know system and game and it, it made it a little difficult to, to deal with parties but you were kind of in the original 2020 just you know kicking back you would enter the net do your stuff there now granted you could all you know get hit by black ice or whatever and you know and get killed that way and you know get your brain uh melted but in red you have that danger of still dealing with black ice and and other you know net runners that you may you know run into within that system but you're in the meat space area to where you can get shot. You know, there's other, you know, environmental issues, drones, stuff like that. So you're, you're kind of having to do double duty as far as like protecting yourself between the net running aspect and the just being out in the world and, you know, having to deal with, you know, wherever you're at, depending on what you're doing. So I think it's absolutely more dangerous in the, in the originals, you know, compared to the past versions.
1: Yeah, I know it definitely has a, uh, um, you know, just a, a, a super dangerous vibe to it um, because, you know, like I said, just strictly because of being in that meat space and now, um, you know, it's it's almost like with them, they've got multi layers of danger or potential to take damage now, you yeah. know, because when they're in there, there's... They're they're obviously gonna have to fight, like you said, black ice and stuff. But then they also can take hits in meat space, and of course they're gonna be the target when they're controlling turrets or drones and they're doing shit to back up their team in meat space. You know, they're gonna be like, "Fuck, take that dude out," <laughs> you know. So it's like I don't know, like yeah, I, said, I mean, they're they're, they're kind crazy of the, or stealthy, you know.
0: <laughs> the wizards of like you know, for those that are familiar with fantasy D and D style, like they're kind of the support, you know, in the back. But they also obviously have at least you know we'll get more into different builds but the way my character's built you know he's also pretty decently dangerous with you know pistols and, and handguns and uh melee weapons so it it just you know you got to kind of keep track of everything and you know there's certain net actions you can do and you have to kind of balance do you do your you know set of net actions you know three or four depending on how many uh interface you have or do you need to take a meat space action to Either shoot back or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. But it makes it a little more
1: interesting. Most definitely. Yeah. Like I said, way, way more dangerous, more dynamic. It's just, it's in it now. It's not, you know, a separate entity to me. It's like right in the heart of it. If not somewhat leading the way, it's crucial now, you know, but it's, yeah, it's so multifaceted. Like I said, you're taking it from every fucking angle. It's just dangerous. It's crazy. But, um, but let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's dive in to, uh, you know, to light the life path options. Let's just take, cause you know, that's one thing with cyberpunk red is you're not, you don't just get the general life path options. You actually get individual life path, uh, things that, that, you know, per role and Netrunner has its own things. I think it's so cool how they, they dive into that and give it, you know, that sort of individual depth, but let's go over each section of that, that, you know, Netrunner life path stuff and the different options that come up. First, let me say, um, When it comes to the general life path stuff, like, I like rolling on some of those, you know, where it makes sense, and let me explain explain that. But I do feel like when it comes to, like, stylized things, like how I'm going to dress, my haircut, things like that, I always like to pick that, because I always picture the character the way I want to see him. But I, I will have fun rolling, like, his favorite item, his past family, you know, adversaries and friends and this and that. You know, like, I like that sort of randomness and see what the dice gives, you know? But when it's, like, personal style, like, I don't know. Me, personally, I like to define it. I like to basically d- say exactly how he's dressing and what he's doing. You know what I mean? How yeah, he looks.
0: Yeah, no, for, for sure. I, I think, you know, and there's, it also depends. Like, all the, you know, the different life paths for the different roles, they're similar, at least in style. Um, You know, there's one of, like, you know, how was your environment? You know, how was your... Like, how do you get work? How do you do that? It's just it's obviously the specifics are very, you know, specific to that role. Um, so obviously, depending on how you want to do it, you could, all you know, all the characters, if you have a, a large session zero or, you know, like the, the setup, you could, you know, maybe more interweave that. But I also think it's also very interesting to just roll, you know, some of the life path stuff and be like, you know, hey, this is what my character ended up being and then try to, you know, kind of fit into that.
1: Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think it can be fun either way, but um, but yeah, for me the, the at least the, the clothing, the hair and stuff, I've always got to pick that stuff for the most part, but uh, but the other thing. Um, yeah, the
0: style of how you are or, or how you look, I should say, is I think uh, important to, to pick for what you what you envision you know your character to look like.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I see a, a honor among thieves definitely you know, if anybody has any questions, put them in the chat. We'll answer them. Obviously, if anybody has any ideas to contribute as we go, uh, you know, like I said, we're gonna go into Life Pass. We're gonna talk about them and archetypes, recommended stats and skills, the, just the different ways a Netrunner can be played. Uh, we're not gonna get into the crunch so much. Let me just repeat that. Uh, I have a separate Crash Course Tutorial on Netrunner and the rollability plus doing a Netrun. You can check those out. This is more about the style and, and the different ways that a Netrunner can be played and all that good stuff. But definitely uh, in chat, if you got questions or contributions, hit them there. We'll be checking on it regularly. Uh, and putting it right there in the uh, in the stream, but um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about you know, in the netrunner uh, personal netrunner life path, it starts off uh, with what kind of runner are you?
0: Yeah, it's basically what kind of clients, you know, what what do you get? Um, or no, I, I guess technically, yeah, it's what kind like who are you? What are you like? Are you, uh, you know, a freelancer who just hacks for hire? you are you a cor- corporate clone runner who hacks for you know the man <laughs> you know are you hacktivist interested in cracking system and exposing bad guys which is what on is um you know do you like to crack systems for the fun of it you know are you part of a regular team of freelancers which is a little vague but like you know kind of works out like are you just basically a you know in a mercenary group um or do you hack for you know the media you know political you know lawmen like You know, any of those that, you know, kind of need a net runner presence to, you know, get information for the media, get information for Politico, you know, a lawman who obviously, you know, may need some, you know, get some information out of a system. So it's kind of like getting
1: getting evidence and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Digging
0: up evidence, you know, trying to figure out, you know, you know, if they're trying to, you know, if it's a lawman for, you know, District PD, you can do that. Or, you know, if it's a lawman, the way they Red does it, you can. You know, it could be security for Osaka or Militech or right. one you know, or the other. Yeah, to me, I, I it.
1: picture it like, you know, the, the first off, the freelancer who, who will hack for hire. To me, that's like your basic net runner. I think that's kind of your first go to when you picture it like if you're by yourself and. You're just trying to make money picking up gigs, being a hacker for hire, right? Like, it's just kind yeah. of, the, the, to me, the, the general generic go-to for Netrunner. And within that, there you can be, you know, obviously any style and stuff. And it doesn't mean you can't go on side arcs and pick up side gigs and, you know, go with a certain vibe or whatever. Um, but then, to me, after you get beyond that, it starts getting more specific and, I don't know, mm-hmm. to me, more interesting anyways. Because then it's like you've got, like you said, the corporate clone runner who hacks for the man. That can be, you know, two two sides to that coin there, because we all know corps. Like, there's obviously the face of a corp, where like, you know, go install this program, give this to charity, do this publicly, put on this event, and make sure this system works properly to do this or whatever. Then there's the behind the scenes corp, which every corp is trying to, you know, get above their competition and, you know, yeah, el- elbow the way. Yeah. So then there's that side of it too. So if you work for a corp, there might be some like face value good shit you're doing but then there's definitely going to be some like black ops stuff you're going to do for the corp you know um and then like hacktivists interested in cracking systems and exposing bad guys I think that's a refreshing change in cyberpunk in the sense that cyberpunk is so cutthroat you know what I mean And this is almost like I don't know Robin Hood or something
0: yeah maybe like a a Robin Hood type thing or like you know and it's not something we've done a, a huge amount like on Rios like doesn't like we'll do whatever he, but he's not like going out of his way to like murder people or like right. to like do it's just like i have a job to do i'm doing this job but you know and we'll get to later of like what kind of like who's gunning for you but like one one of the you know the the people that on rio deals with a lot is like pretty shady and like he's done some work for him and it's kind of been indebted to him but doesn't really want to you know deal with them any more than he has to because he's not exactly a good person (laughs) so like i I think it is very much a refreshing idea of like you know trying to do good like good in the cyber like you know obviously there is no like good bad you know per se it's just right you know how do you survival you know survival (laughs) how do you keep into yeah how do you keep into that like without being uh you know too you know one-sided or you know hampering yourself to where you can't you know function so you know and then you know, i also like you know one of the other ones i, I love and that was like i just break into systems for the hell of it like for the fun of it
1: yeah to me that's like the i don't know a bit of an anarchist you know like you're just that dude like i've got these skills i'm just gonna put them to use whenever the hell i feel like it whether it's funny or for if it's for money or just for the hell of it obviously like
0: yeah that would be like the idea of like i'm breaking into a system either just to keep testing and improving my skills yeah, yeah or you know like you know there's a there's a whole you know for those that have played cyberpunk 2077 there's an entire side story that is all the idea of like you know people you know this hacker guy just doing things as kind of a prank <laughs> just like you know put you know and you could do that like you know, some of the cool stuff that Netrunners have, like you can make viruses that that change uh, you know, black ice from like the normal icons they use. Like one of the examples that the book has is, is changing something to where, you know, like if it's a the snake or whatever, it has like a party hat or something like just <laughs> little weird things like that where, you know, you can mess with people. So I, I like really like the, the the difference between, you know, a freelancer and the corporate clone runner and then you know, hacktivists that's maybe trying to do a little bit of good and then just somebody who's just, you know I'm just gonna do it for the hell of it because I can Right.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, and honor among Among Thieves. Um yeah, so in Cyberpunk Red the, the whole uh Netrunner thing is they, they have to be within six meters of an access point to hack a system. Uh systems are separated, the internet's been corrupt since the fourth corporate war and all that. I mean you can look up the lore on that. You can also check after this. Check out uh, my crash course tutorials, like I said, on the net, net runner roll ability, and then doing a net run. That'll totally clear up, you know, the crunch and the, the way it works. Um, but yeah, you totally have to be within six meters of a system to hack it, and it's more like AR, not VR. So when you're within those six meters, the net runner is like. Um, whether they have virtuality goggles, they call them, or it's built in like on Rio. you can see in that gameplay he has it built-in so it's not so obvious when he's hacking a system. But um, whenever they do it, you're basically you, you're still seeing what's happening in what they call meat space, and you can still be attacked. Obviously you're there, um, and you have to defend yourself and shit. But you're seeing the system in AR, so you're still interacting and doing stuff uh, in the system. So that's how it works. And it,
0: basically, if you know, depending on how much you look at you know technology, the, it's the difference between like 2020 was either you sat in front of a screen or um you know like 2077 has a little bit of this but like where like the idea of wearing a, like goggles of like um like an oculus rift or an htc Vive, where there's no like it's you're seeing a screen and there's you know yes there's cameras on it you can but they're garbage and you really can't function in the real world with them the difference with like in red is it's like think a much more advanced version of google glass or like magic leap actually sells goggles that in my opinion look what i envision like the virtuality goggles where it's literally just glasses that then project a ar thing on the lens you can still see the real world but you also see whatever the ar aspect of it is exactly. that's, that's kind of what the, the net runner difference is between 2020 and uh and red yeah um, as far as how they hack Exactly.
1: And then, okay, so back to this life path stuff, uh, so we don't go on too much of a tangent, let's wrap up the what kind of runner are you? The next one, uh, you know, part of a regular team of freelancers. I like that idea too. I think that that feels to me like if you're in like, what, whether it's organized crime or a gang or whatever, it's that version of a group of net runners, because you're with a team of freelancers. Um, or it's like you're part of your edge runner team. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you work with a solo attack, you know what I mean? Just like you do on Rio. Um, But
0: Yeah, and I think that that's one of those that I think, you know, yeah, you could roll it or whatever, but if you know, you know, through your session zero or whatever you're getting with your group, you know, if all the other ones don't interest you or if you really want to just be like, hey, we're going, we're as a team, we're going to go around and present ourselves as, you know, a freelancing team. Um, I think that was a great one to go with. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And then the last one, hack for
1: a media, politico, or a lawman who hires you um, as needed. Again, that's to me very, um, I don't know, a a safer bet on the the sense that, you know, regular gigs, you have kind of the world open considering that if it's a media or politico or lawman or whatever, it's going to be like the corporate or you'll hack for hire in the sense that, you know, they all have both sides of the coin, their public sort of front, and then the shit that they're probably doing behind closed doors and planning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the next, Absolutely. Yeah, and the next section here, uh, it says, what is your workplace like? I think that's kind of fun because it's not like that truly affects you know, you as a character, it's not personality, it's not like, I don't know, a huge life path thing that can be used against you or for you or whatever. But I think it can still come into play. It not only, I don't know, sets forth a sort of vibe for your net runner in a way, but, you know, a GM can kind of throw that into the mix sometime. Like, um, like for instance, where it says, uh, uh, I'm just going to skip down for the sense of this conversation, but it's a filthy bed covered in wires. or Which maybe... is
0: what On Rio ended up with. Like, that's yeah. what I rolled um and yeah it's like you know the idea like especially since my you know in my character's case you know i'm just staying you know like wherever i can usually cube motels that kind of stuff so it's just like basically like you know i've got a cyber deck and all this other stuff it's like i'm not going to like i'm pretty much gonna just sleep with all that like stuff there like right and since i have virtuality goggles i don't have to take them on and off so like you're not really paying much attention to like you know having a clean you know living space it's just My existence is, you know, doing this, you know, hacking and and, you know, net stuff. Yeah. So I'm just gonna deal with that.
1: Yeah. To to me, I feel like that that one, you know, is almost can be GM used in the sense that maybe one day on Rio is gonna be like looking for something and can't find it in the mess, you know, and he's gonna need to do some type of role. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you gotta hurry or something. I don't know. But um, but some of the other ones here, like it says, uh, let's see, there there are screens everywhere. Um, that just sounds so cyberpunk. I've seen artwork like that. I mean, it sounds probably similar to your actual in real life setup right now, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is.
0: It, yeah, it is very much like the. You know, I don't know about everywhere, but like I have a you know 27 inch screen to my right, 27 inch screen you know in front of me, and another 27 inch in portrait mode to my left. So like I literally have three monitors, and then my camera, and then I have a whole bunch of mixer equipment stuff like that so like th- that's the closest out of probably all of these i feel that, like you know fit for me as you know the real person
1: yeah i feel like though when you get up and you leave your screens and shit like so- somehow like you grab some like vr system and put it on so you can still see it like if you have to go grab a shower or cook dinner or something
0: yeah, like and I, I do have an <laughs> oculus Rift that's also to the left of that monitor so like yes i do you know while it is t- you know it has a cable and doesn't go yeah, that far but that's you know funny. i could i could use that as well so yeah you know, and it you know I like the the second one too is like that's kind of what I envision you know maybe the real future of like you know it, it labels it as it looks better in virtuality. you swear, so it's like you yeah. know you're your your living space is maybe not the you know nicest thing maybe you have like you know especially those of you know if you have an oculus rift you the first thing you do when you put it on is you're in your home in oculus and you can set that up however you wish. So, like, I, you can imagine, like, you might, you know, in AR, be like, you know, oh, there's, like, things everywhere, but, like, you, you can't see them unless you have virtuality goggles.
1: Right. Right. No, and, and uh, honor among thieves. When we're talking about the screen thing, so- sounds like the Matrix totally. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, and, and you know, and I could see it both ways like that too, depending on the style of your netrunner how you want to play it is it all, and it kind of plays in this other stuff where it says like minimalist, clean, organized, mm-hmm. corporate, modular, uh, utilitarian. Um, you know, I could see it almost like if you incorporate both of those in a way, it, you know, you can twist it like a bunch of screens and it's very like matrix, like rigged up, some are crooked, you know, duct tape wires, you've been using them forever, you're, you're <laughs> you rigging know. it, you're just fast, you're constantly focused on the system and programs, so you're not worried about the aesthetic, right? Or yeah. or it's all clean and perfect and very futuristic style, organized, that style of uh, Netrunner setup, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. and yeah. it's like- Oh, you're you saying know, wires, like, they're, they're, all, they're...
1: wires all over the floor, exactly, yeah, yeah like exactly, matrix. Uh, Yeah, running shit
0: everywhere. And like you said, there's, you know, one of them is corporate, modular, utilitarian. You know, you think a corporate, you know, like where you're, you know, maybe you have two screens and the thing, but the majority of it is kind of, you know, very corporate styled, um, you know, and then you also have the other one that's a minimalist, clean and organized, where it's all, again, like I envision that, like you have a small workspace that's got your, you know, computer or whatever, you know, your setup, but the rest of it is just very minimal. Yeah. And then, you know, the last one in that is it's, it just says it's taken over your entire living space, which I can also imagine like, you know, that sort of, you know, if you have just a set up over in one corner and you have another like workspace, especially if you like start branching off into like, maybe you start doing tech stuff or whatever, like where it's just, you have no living space other than maybe a very, you know, small bed or whatever, but everything else is the net running.
1: Yeah. All the net running stuff. Um, yeah. And, and, and I know you rolled for that one but uh and and we know it fits in with your real life but if you had to choose one which would you choose because for me it's like i love the screens everywhere one but i think i I would combine that that with minimalist clean organizing i I I would like to be all modern weird you know
0: yeah i like the screens uh everywhere if i if i chose one that's probably what it it would be the it looks better in virtuality is hard to envision. Yeah. That's, I think like that's more of
1: just like a funny thing, you know, that they exactly. put, to be wise yeah, asses. So like,
0: you know, in, in like, you know, especially corporate modular utilitarian, it's just like, you know, I, I like, Oh, your setup is maybe on a cart that you can move around and like move things around as needed or whatever. But it's like, again, it's kind of like, eh, that's okay. Like, you know, and you can maybe do some role playing stuff. But I think the the best one there is either, you know, the filthy bed covered in wires is interesting because um, it it leads kind of into like you know a personality quirk maybe. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I think that the screens everywhere is just like, when I envision net running and again my real life Me setup, too. you know if I had a, another monitor that I really wanted I'd probably put a fourth one above my main one. Like you can go crazy and it comes in handy because of course I have the chat you know the actual chat window on my right one. I have you basically just on my middle monitor. And I have the the PDF open on my other monitor, so nice. <laughs> you know, and I don't have to like close or minimize or do anything like that. I can just you know move around. Yeah, um, and that's that's what I envision net running, and that's kind of how like I said I it, do my stuff. So, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, Steve Steve from Sirenscape says totally clean and sterile. Everything Bodak needs is in cyberspace. And just so people don't know, in case they don't know, uh, Steve from Sirenscape plays in. Uh, well, we call it our monthly ongoing, but we we've been doing it almost every other week. It seems like. Um, but it is a monthly sort of it 's a one shot, but it is ongoing. like each session is kind of standalone if you want. Uh, but some of the lore, the character development, money, everything you know things do carry over. Uh, but that's who Bodak is. Steve plays a net runner over there. Um, and he said or or it was till he moved into the RV life on the road. With David Noir, Gatto, and Pixie is Chaos, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hitting the road. They, they uh, picked up a job and they're hitting the road. But yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, Steve uh, plays a netrunner and you play a netrunner, so it's always great to get that feedback. But uh, but yours is wires all over the bed. He he wants you know the sterile environment.
0: The sterile environment. Yeah.
1: Oh, and thanks, uh, Zeppi, for the subscription. There, he's one of our uh, GMs uh, with yep. Cyberpunk Uncensored. Uh, also part of the team, helping us uh, develop some cool assets and things that we got going on there on the Discord. Uh, but yeah moving on if you have a partner who are they and i think you know my favorite one i think i know yours it's it's got such an interesting twist to it and it's what on rio is dealing with but let's go down the list here
0: yeah the way that the life path is you can you know do you have a partner or do you work alone if you work alone true, it just yeah. it it just has you do you know like what's your workspace like if you have a partner you kind of choose that and then you pick your workspace doesn't matter really ultimately what order you do it in but yeah, as far as the partners, like, you can either have a, you know, family member, you know, maybe you have a, a brother, sister, you know, dad, mom, whatever, um, that, you know, you deal with, uh, or maybe if your character's old enough, you have a kid, um, or you can have an old friend, you know, just somebody you, you kind of dealt with in the past. I like this one, you know, third one, possible romantic partner as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be the, you know, using the Johnny, uh, Silverhand and Alt Cunningham idea. Yeah. Um, the fourth one, which is the the one that Rob was alluding to that that Onryo uses, is a secret partner who might be a rogue AI. Might, might. <laughs> that's what it actually has know, it, like, like <laughs> listed, and, and you know, and that one I think you know again I rolled all these, but that I, I would still choose that out of this list. And then the the last two are secret partner with a mob or gang connection, or a secret partner with corporate connections. Yeah, I feel
1: like. You know, the last two feel very cyberpunk. They feel dangerous. There's going to yeah. be a lot of, you know, since it, you're using the word secret, whether it's gang or corporation, it's going to be a lot of black ops stuff, right? But I think some of the most interesting ones, obviously, are that secret partner who might be a rogue AI, might. Or <laughs> I, I like the old friend as well because that can go either way too. You know, it could be an old yeah, friend. Exactly. but they, they, You know, maybe they're, there's a twist to it. Maybe they're, you know, doing you wrong or something. I don't know. But those two to yeah. me have the most um could be good could be bad you know they don't it, and, it leans both and ways
0: I, the thing i love about this is you know it, it gives you an option to like do you want to have a partner work alone you know and you can obviously do whatever you, i highly recommend a partner because one it, it help. i think it can totally add something for the gm to like spin off of um because like you know family member old friend possible romantic partner seeker partner who might be a rogue ai which you know i've kind of in, in you know inferred with one of the people we've recently dealt with in our game that like, it's funny pirate pyro- hey, i may have this and like you know there's kind of like a, an aspect to that yeah there's the that old school AI, me-
1: yeah. media um nostradamus who's really interested in trying to help figure that out too but it's funny i see just to back up first <laughs> renegade pyro, yeah renegade in the chat versus bodak the walking cyber deck with katana who knows karate it's so true um, very similar to on rio too in that sense really but um yeah a little and then bit. but pyro putting yeah rob keeps trying uh, uh, to pro- trying the a.i storyline. yeah putting that the ai story and on rio keeps slipping it on the back burner it is kind of true there's been a couple things i slipped in and did and you were just kind of like all right cool uh moving yeah on. we'll we'll like- hold <laughs> off on that
0: but like but now now that we're kind of at this you know if you haven't watched like we're kind of in this i don't know if i'd call it downtime but like right we're not You're- actively in the middle of like some well, we are actually now, but once we get done with this little thing, presumably we'll go back to that. You know, he on Rio might be like, okay, now that I have time, you know, our yeah. uh, media and I friend see, might.
1: Uh, and I see a Mr. Bind uh, here in the chat. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. PWB uh, says a romantic AI. So he's combining a couple there, like we did previously on the other thing. I like that too. That'd be funny. An AI that like uh, maybe developed, uh, you know pseudo feelings or you know like synthetic feelings towards a human or, or something.
0: And I do hope that like Heartharian uh, does you know add some more, you know, AI programming type stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm hoping that that they'll do that.
1: Yeah, and I see a uh, Val Mulligan in the chat. She plays Raven the solo with Onrio in our weekly ongoing. That's my beautiful wife, Val. What's up? Uh, hopefully, you know, slipping in a quick break at work to be able to check out this live feed just quick get it in while you can <laughs> um but yeah i know i love those as far as partners and obviously I, like we said i think the old friend the ai has the most diverse options i think to play with as a GM. Yeah. Uh, the next thing here uh, who are some of your other clients
0: yeah and this this one again is is great um you know the first option is you know some local fixers who you know send clients your way which seems like the most you know generic's not the right term but the most obvious like oh it's just you know that's what fixers do they find you know jobs for you know peop you know people that need it they might need some net runners to go you know send to some of their clients so that seems like a good option uh, second one's you know local gangers who protect your work area while you sweep for net threats which i think is is a great one you know if you're you know we kind of we're doing that a little bit more with coupler tech who you know is dealing with a, a workshop that, you know, the local uh, gang kind of kept and, you know, he would do some stuff for for them. Certainly you could do the same thing for, you know, net runners that, you know, maybe deal with gangs that uh Til, systems. Uh, Till
1: somebody burns it down. Till like somebody what burns happened, it down. It's so. <laughs> like what happened to coupler.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, the things. The third option is corporate execs who use you for black project work. That's actually what on Rio ended up rolling. So you know, obviously you just have execs that, you know, hey, I need some uh, some down low stuff done. You know, if you get caught, you know, you're on your own, but, you know, good good money there. Uh, or you can do, uh, you know, fourth options, local solos or other combat types who use to keep their personal system secure. So you might have a, a solo that you run into. That one's, I think, a good one for like if you, you know, know that you're playing with the solo, you, you can kind of do that and you know kind of tie that in with maybe a storyline behind that i think that'd be a Um,
1: fun one too if like uh you only have a couple players you know mm -hmm. like it's great for a group and it can tie in how those two know each other then you figure out how they know a group and that's always fun you have a couple characters that know each other and then you figure out a way the group comes together but sometimes you know you might just be playing with like one or two friends or something maybe and like you know the npc is the solo you're Netrunner is the sidekick for protecting his system, having to go around, like, where you have two friends, and that's a great way to kind of put that duo together and, and have that dynamic, you know?
0: Yeah. Then you got a local nomad and fixers who use to keep their family system secure, which I think is also a great, you know, option. You know, again, I think that's a great one to tie in with, uh, you know, maybe other people in your group. Um, and then the last one is you work for yourself and sell whatever data you find on the net which I think is, is good if you're, you know, especially in a group, you know, if you're choosing them rather than rolling them, you know, if you're going into a group of people you don't have any clue with, that one's a good one to just, like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and, you know, basically, I'm, you know, this, I think that goes well with if you're doing the either just like to crack uh, systems for the fun of it, you can do that, you know, I just work for myself and sell whatever I find, you know, that's where, exactly. like... You know, I like the rolling because it gives you kind of interesting. But you know, if you you certainly tie into each other if you want to kind of make that like specific style of character.
1: Yeah, no, and I think like the way that section is set up is it's very player GM friendly on on the I don't want to say meta side of things, but like the not character. But the player playing the character side of things and the person who is the GM side in the sense that, okay, shit, I know I've got, you know, other players in the group that are playing solos and, or nomads or fixers or, they're, you know, some execs or this. You can kind of see maybe where that, it would make sense to pull one of those in on top of your main one that you rolled earlier. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I think it also helps, like, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're especially, you know, getting into a group of people, you know, just like, hey, I've got four players that suddenly want to play let's just get together. They don't know each other, you know, before that, you know, this can do that, that work or help do that work of like, Oh, you know, one of them rolled, you know, the local solos, you know, need their personal system. One of them playing a solo. That's how they know each other. Like, you don't have to go through these mental gymnast, you know, gymnastics to figure out like, okay, how do you, how can we have your character and my character know each other? Like it kind of gives you that potential, uh, you know, with this life path stuff exactly
1: now the next one where do you get your programs let's go over those yeah those and
0: this one's real interesting cuz again this is very you know, could very be easily storyline
1: yeah and it's very like uh, what you know red you know it's very cyberpunk exactly, red yeah i love it you know
0: <laughs> for those that aren't familiar with red you know per se or if this is one of your first thing well, everything kind of is in flux so you kind of have to go out of your way or find sources to get this stuff it's not like you can just go down to walmart and pick everything up yeah and Py- um, pyro
1: says uh, from enemy cyber decks, it <laughs> seems, lol, because on Rio lately, he's been...
0: There's been a few of those cases for on yeah, Rio recently. Been fucking people and, up and, and taking
1: their shit, you know?
0: <laughs> and, and one of these options, like, the first one's dig around in old and, and excuse me, old abandoned city sounds. That's what on Rio ended up rolling. Um, but the second option is steal them from other netrunners you brain burn. Um, <laughs> or, you know, kill outright anyways. Mm. Um... You know that certainly could be a, a way to get programs. You just well, my cyber deck now. <laughs> so you know, there's that. You have a third to have a local fixer supply programs in exchange for hack work. You know that's certainly an easy. It easy seems like to
1: and realistically, I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, when you're in this in this world, because you know when you're playing, it, you, you make it real in your mind. You're envisioning it. You're just you're immersed. You know, you're you're fully in. Realistically, you're gonna try to use all these things you're gonna hit up your local fixer you're gonna go scavenge for shit you're gonna take shit from your enemies you're gonna you know what i mean
0: absolutely and yeah. like and you know so like the fourth one's corporate execs supply you with program in exchange for your services that's on you know these all fit because on rio's had that as well like he's had yeah. you know either media that's given him stuff or you know other you know execs like here's a program i need you to go install or a virus i need you to go install um you know or here's a program you can use to break passwords as a you know for example um so these all kind of fit fifth ones you know you have backdoors into a few corporate warehouses again that kind of fits to some stuff that unreal done recently and the last one is you hit the night markets and score programs wherever you can which again is a <laughs> totally valid thing certainly has been the case for unreal as well so like i think these are all like certainly is the idea of like all of these can happen i think the the intent right. of the life path is What is your general go-to or how did you especially before your you know characters playing you know how did he you know what was his original intent of getting programs like was it you know one of these things digging around you know just old city zone areas you know not having to deal with people or having to deal with maybe local gangers that are also like picking things apart or techs that might be stripping you know drones or other you know technical things for pieces you're doing the same thing as a net runner you're stripping programs out of you know lost cyber decks lost data fortresses you know so on
1: oh yeah no i totally agree and i wanted to go over here too because pyro made a great point here uh, because of, you know taking shit for enemies or whatever oh i have wondered if a net runner can run around with two loaded decks one set up for covert hacks and the other for brain burning rival netrunners and just jack in with the one you want to use. great idea you know if you have a couple cyber decks maybe you set one up just like that that's you're more stealthy like oh, if i get into a system i know it's black ice and it's programs and it's just okay, I'm going to a spot where I might be running into actual net runners and things. And I need those, you know, to load up with more of those types of programs, maybe, or more slide and stealthy stuff and armor and shield style things, or maybe more offensive programs or something. I don't know. That's, that's a great idea though. I and, love that. And
0: like it's absolutely. And, and it's funny. He mentions that. Cause it's something that I slash on Rio, whatever is considering. Cause I now have, you know, I have a excellent cyber deck, which is kind of the main one that has all my programs on it. Um, but I also have two other cyber decks that have programs where I can, you know, and I have extra programs laying around. Like right now I'm kind of like flush with programs.
1: He's literally like, becoming Daniel.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like the idea, and it's something, this is one of those things I kind of curious on, you know, i Charles Thurin's take, you know, the way the book is written is like, you can, you know, you have the cyber deck, you still plug into an interface, you know, port. Now, can you, Theoretically, have more than one interface port. Well, do you I have a tech. The answer to that is yes.
1: Yeah, and don't forget, you have a tech. You know, because it's honor among sure. thieves. Just said, can't can't you not make your own programs? Totally, you make viruses. You can make your own yeah. programs, and you can do that as a net runner. But like I said, don't forget, techs can also invent and fabricate. So if you can yeah. think of it, if you can think of it, the GM should at least be able to balance that shit and give you a DV you have to hit, a timeline and a cost, and make it happen. So. um... Or make right it not now, happen because no, it's too difficult, but you get my point. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, you there's can. no
0: there's no mechanic right now for making programs, per se. Like, you know, viruses there. you know, it's kind of one separate thing, and there is some suggestions for that. Making actual programs, there's no current, you know, rule for that. I think that would be one of those things, like, invention, like, you would have to, like you know, work with the GM of making a pro if there's a specific yeah, for me, program I, with stats that you want. Yeah. I think like, I, I would, don't see there's reason you couldn't do
1: that. Yeah. I think a combo idea of doing the whole, uh, you know, like virus sort of thing. Like, you know, on Rio would come up with the idea. He would do the role and the time it would take to kind of create that virus. And then maybe there's something the tech does You know, with his electric security getting into the cyber deck and working with that virus, you did to make it an actual program on a chip that can be installed or uninstalled, res or derezed or whatever. Maybe there's something to that. Until official rules come out, maybe there's something there, or it just becomes like a virus. But like I said, a a much more difficult DV and time needed to pull it off, something along those lines. I don't know.
0: And and that'd be interesting because, like you know, certainly there there is nothing that you can't. You know, the book doesn't say you can't do this. Um, and I believe there is an option where it says like you can to unplug somebody or unplug an interface cable. It would normally take an action. Like if you're an inter- you know, an initiative type order, you know, it would take your normal action to unplug and plug one, you know, another thing in. You um, know, either, either the idea is like you could have two um, cyber decks plugged in at the same time and have access to both. I don't know. That would be a GM question or, you know, yeah, a, I don't a think it says. That,
1: yeah, I don't think it says you can't stack, you know, things like interface plugs and cyber decks and all that sort of stuff. So I don't see why you couldn't. It would just cost you humanity and money to get the things yeah, that do Yeah, humanity, it. money. The other thing obviously, too,
0: neural links only have so many, like, slots. So, right. you know, you may be exactly. limited on that.
1: Uh, the other thing, too, though, keep in mind, knowing the tech and the fact that they can invent and then fabricate what they invent that's, you know, maybe there can be some type of like little mechanic that's a quick change, you know, that the, the, the cyber decks clip together. There's a little interface quick change where like it's a just. Hub. Like, yeah, you know, where you just, with, yeah. with a slide of something, it automatically, you know, pops out and in and the other one or something. I don't know, but.
0: Maybe that takes a net action to do, like, to flip between the two. Something, yeah. Like, there, there's certainly, and that, again, this is one of those things that, you know, for, for anybody that's, you know, maybe not super familiar with RPGs, the the books are great, but like don't let that be the only limiter to right. like what can be done. No, and the like, book is set up know, for that. The, yeah, exactly. And literally, like, they you know, have invent the and
1: yeah, invent yeah. and fabricate and viruses, and you can create things. So like, if you can think of it. All, you, all all you really need at that point is a good GM that can find a way to help make it balanced, or good players that can help do that. Let me I know yeah. we're on Netrunner, but just for a quick little example of that, our our tech Eric, who plays coupler, you know, he, he came up with a couple things to invent for ammo for the solo and, you know, a quick mount you know, a thing for the med tech, whatever. He came up with the idea, hey, this is what I want to do and here's kind of what I thought to do to make it fair and balanced. And I didn't even have to you know, think of a way to make it balanced. He thought of a, a fair way. So to me, like, man, if you can think of something cool, as and then you just make it fair and balanced. Like, why not put it put a DV on it that you have to beat, put a time it takes to do it, and a uh, cost. You know.
0: Yeah. And to answer real quick before we move on, honor of Things, how does the spider box work in twenty seven seven? How does that stop a net runner from net running? Um, that's not really explained, and that's obviously you know if you think about it, twenty seventy seven is 30 years in the future from what red is yeah. so like there's you know technology we can't even you know that basically just prevents that but there's no like mechanic for that as far as i'm aware of yeah not it just right. is yeah so yeah that, that's kind of like how you get your different programs That's a great way to do it yeah and then the last um, thing here on the net
1: running life path thing is who's gunning for you
0: yeah and this is one of those that um I think is really interesting and in that you know it pretty much I think every uh role uh, life path has a version of this but you know this is obviously a great way to uh you know for stories and, and dealing with that is but like first one is you know you think it might be a rogue AI or a net ghost either way it's bad news which mm-hmm. I think is a great you know one that that kind of is very interesting certainly with the you know if you know you're the movie were 2020 and 2077, Rogue AI and Net Ghost are very, I think, cool. Oh, yeah. Second one is just a, a rival, a rival Netrunner who just doesn't like you. <laughs> like, you know, they might be somebody who you just constantly run into, maybe is your foil constantly, you know. Is, like you know beats you to places or maybe you beat them and it's just kind of this back and forth you know concept
1: so when you're all you're always getting gigs before them you know beating them to the the paid yeah, gigs or something you know or A little something jealousy. is beating you
0: to the gig you know yeah yeah and exactly. it's just like you're constantly like uh like this guy again yeah uh, Last, you know the third one's corporates who want you to work for them exclusively you know that's kind of self-explanatory uh fourth one's lawmen who consider you an illegal black hat and want to bust you but basically, that's just a, you know, that's kind of the real world, you know, for those that are familiar with uh, Kevin Mitnick, like just guy who, you know, is just hounded by the law. <laughs> uh, fifth one's old clients who think you screwed them over. Uh, that's a very classic Netrunner style. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, that kind of console cowboy that's certainly, a, you know, Neuromancer comes to mind as being, you know, pretty much that is who's gunning for him. <laughs> um and the last one is uh this is the one that Ario uh ended up rolling a fixer or another client who wants your services exclusively and i think that one's also very interesting and and we've you know made you know we i should say rob's made it very much a big part of you know some of what we've done in in team nameless is you know this fixer that kind of you know my character you know helped and and saved as a, a young younger group of people and uh you know, but he's, you know, up and coming and, you know, super kind of dangerous and shady. But uh, also is uh, the local fixer that has some work and, uh, you know, the night market access. So, yeah, you, know, de- you kind of have to balance that with uh, dealing with them.
1: Yeah, because he definitely wants you exclusive. But he's playing the game. You know, he's, he's a fixer. Um, and I can't get into it too much because we don't want to give away too much about, sure. you know, all his motivations and things like that. But um, but I, I I do like the idea of that one because of the fact that it does feel like, okay, this is supposed to be who's gunning for you, but it has that sort of, but I want your services exclusively, so it's like a hate-love relationship. Um, yeah. And, and, and in this one, I feel like it's not a full-surface sort of thing. It's just this underlining, ah, uh, you know, kind of touchy situation, and I really like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I... And I, I you know who's gunning for you it's not necessarily you know these people that are like i'm going to kill you or beat you it's just who is after either you know maybe negatively like you know rival net runners may just want to end you but you know the corporate who wants your work exclusively you know these might be just people who want you and ultimately in you know, an unhealthy coming, way yeah in an unhealthy way and keep <laughs> kind of coming up or yeah. or you know maybe a, a foil to the you know storyline, or especially in other, you know, your other party members, you know, that that may be like, oh, I have to deal with, you know, he has to deal with that, and he's part of our group, so we have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, and I see Pyro in the chat says, "Kid is fucking cool, just don't stooge him <laughs> over," and I reckon he will look out for you. Yeah, and anybody watching, Kid is the name of that fixer uh, from our weekly ongoing. You can tune in Wednesdays, uh, six p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch. But uh, yeah, kid is is a he's a character. He's dangerous as hell. He's young, come, came up quick. Um, but yeah, I think he's fucking cool too. I appreciate that pyro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like that. Who's gunning for you? But that kind of ends the, uh, the you know the specific, netrunner life path options. I think it. it It gives such dynamic to each one of those options, and like I said, some of them almost make sense to combo, some make sense to choose versus roll, but however you do it, I think it's fun. One thing I kind of like to do too, if I can't decide, hey, do I want to roll or choose when I'm doing life path stuff, and you've heard me say this too to players when we did the old red 2020 combo before we got the advanced copy of red from Artel Talsorian is, um, in life path, hey, you know, roll it twice, pick the one that makes most sense to you. That way, you get a little bit of that chance dice roll thing, but in the end, you don't feel like you're completely stuck with only one fucking option. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's an option for GMs.
0: Yeah, especially if there's an options like you're looking through it and it's like, you know, if you if the GM wants you to roll or you're kind of wanting to roll, but then you're like, I like that one and I like that one and I like that. Like, you know, you might be in the this position where it's just like, you know, you get disappointed or whatever if it's like, oh, that's not what it, I was hoping for, but like, so that's where I think rolling twice is a good way to, to, you know, you still get that randomized, yeah. you know, way of life path, but you, you know, may have a better chance of getting the, the one you want or the one that you find interesting.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we got Zeppy here. Like I said, one of our, our GMs under the cyberpunk uncensored brand getting ready to start up. I he says with rogue AI net ghosts, a narrative I like running, especially if the party finds a derelict, uh, uh, abandoned part of the city within a combat zone. They could accidentally stumble on some part of the old net architecture, unwittingly uh, releasing this AI, uh, which now hunts them for better or worse. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, AI is fun because um, dangerous, super smart possibly. Um, Motivations can be weird. They can be dynamic in ways that don't make sense to a human. Um, I think they're just fun. And I, I recently was talking to a GM um, when I do the, the monthly uh, Patreon gathering GM player tips and advice, uh, which anybody interested in joining, check out the Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, Patreon and join me. Um, but I was recently talking to a GM on there about AI and how you can use that um, to almost make like a, a ghost story or horror session, you know, in a way. Because AI can totally mimic horror or ghost sort of things that, that can happen uh, in meat space, you know, using I, uh, items that they control and stuff, but uh, and I also see Master Beefy in here. That's GM Jack, uh, who runs sessions uh, for Cyberpunk Uncensored, um, and that's an example of earlier when I was talking about if you might just have a couple players and want to run a session with that whole netrunner solo du- duo. Uh, he recently did a session you can check out on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube; um, it's archived there, where he had two players, a solo of solos, and he ran them similar to the the Running Man. Uh, he called it the Dying Man, and he put them through like a kind of game. Uh, these two guys and that was cool but uh he has a throwaway idea that doesn't work for any setting but will mix things up when you reach end game in red or 2020 add the scp for settings not any I, i'm confused with all of that
0: yeah i'm not under- understanding what that means
1: master beefy gather your thoughts come back <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> i'm not sure I'm what exactly means by that yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but partly because i don't know what scp stands for so. yeah i apologize um yeah and he plays david noir in the in the uh monthly ongoing the ongoing one shots uh, that i was re- uh talking about earlier with steve from sirenscape and renegade uh who plays got to the fixer on there but uh master beefy gm jack he plays david noir the rocker boy uh in that so yeah um but moving on from life path stuff i do want to discuss some archetypes i think this is you know probably the most important part this is kind of how you define yourself as a Netrunner. Um, You know, you can take all the the general life path stuff, you know, how you look, how you're living, your workspace, how you get programs, maybe who you work for, enemies, friends, all that typical stuff. But ultimately, once you do that, it comes down to how are you going to play that character and exactly what type of Netrunner, with all of those aspects combined, how is is that Netrunner going to be? And I think it comes down to, like, you know, a handful of, handful of basic kind of categories but obviously there's all kinds of tangents and details within in it um, and anybody in chat chime in most definitely if you have ideas but to me I always feel like you know the main ones are obviously you know you're either gonna be like that loner type you're gonna be like and whether you're loner or you work with team and within team it's either like that gang vibe or maybe a court got uh, vibe or something or the team of netrunners right if it's not loner or team based I always think it comes down to like pro corp or anti corp, <laughs> you know what I mean. And that's yeah, re- regardless if you're like that hacker for fun or for hire or whatever, it always seems like when you're a netrunner, you kind of have that first and foremost life choice to make as a, as a hacker: are you pro corp or anti corp? Um, it, al- it always feels like that to me, anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think there it's you know very cyberpunk. Like, are you you know especially twenty seventy seven makes a, a huge thing of this like. Are you for the corp? Do you want to do jobs for them? Do you want to, you know, are you okay with, you know, certain corps? Not, you know, obviously some are more shady than others, but like are you good with that or are you more of the street kid? Like I'm better, you know, I'm more equipped or better dealing with gangs. You know, screw the man, screw the corpse You know, I'm going to, you know, work, you know, out of my way to go mess with them, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I think there there is a certain, you know, those two you know, obviously there's tangents, like you said, but those are the, kind of the two big paths of, like, you know, which side of, you know, Night City being the main city, which side do you want to go with? The street or the man?
1: Yeah, and what are some, like, m- maybe movie examples or characters for movie examples within that? Like, I, I love the vibe of, like, the whole Mr. Robot uh, series. Like, um, you know, him him with... Being delusional, And I don't want any spoilers, anybody backtracking on any I of that. I actually
0: haven't watched Mr. Robot because I'm oh, terrible. You should,
1: well, you should watch it. I, 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 I've I, heard it's great. I fought it's it for a moment. I
0: haven't sat down. Yeah, I
1: fought it for a moment, too, because I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but I do like that actor. And, like, I don't know. I feel like if I get into this, I'm going to dive in. And then, sure enough, when I did – and my mom was actually <laughs> the one getting me into it. She's like, oh, you, you should watch the show. I think you'd really like it. And when I finally did, like, obsessed. I watched all yeah. of them, me and Val – Um, Watched him, even watched him again. I have the DVDs. Like, love it. But he, I love his vibe of a character of hacker because it's like this this perfect balance of like smart and crazy and like codependence to whether it's you know emotional like people stuff or drug stuff. And like again, I don't want to do too many spoilers. But like, and then PTSD style stuff. Like, it's just this whole. He's just very deep and dynamic. And I just, I don't know. I love him as a hacker. Um, but he definitely leans more on that sort of like chaotic, messy side of things like, you know, messy hair and like strung out. And like he's got that sort of vibe, less of like the the sleek, modern tech, you know, slick back hair, perfectly clean and like articulate. Like
0: Johnny Mnemonic is the, the other one go. that like I'm, you know, I, one, let's all say we all love Keanu Reeves. But the the idea of, you know, that. You know he is kind of that corporate although he obviously you know at least through the the storyline and in the book you know for those that didn't know there is a a short story (laughs) written by william gibson that's you know johnny mnemonic um that he is kind of that that walks that line like he'll do stuff for corporate he'll do stuff for you know theoretically you know the street it's just obviously you know as you see him in the movie you know he's now very expensive so like he's dealing with you know Ralphie his you know the equivalent of a fixer in that story you know that universe um and he is that like suit you know you know the famous line is he, he wants room service like he is that like very clean slicked back you know corporate type of character obviously he's not you know net running you know or, or hacking or whatever you want to call it in that universe is a bit you know different um it's closer to 2020 style but it it is that sort of like you know he's that what i would envision that that kind of corporate very stand-up you know yeah yeah. ignoring
1: ignoring the 2020 similarity to the crunch side just focusing on the style side totally agree like he it's like the mr robot crazy and then him more of that slick you know corporate side of it absolutely um, and then the other side, too, that, that um, I thought of, like, on, as far as, like, a movie reference, and this not just plays in with the style of, like, the individual, almost being a combination of the two, right? But also the whole team aspect, but on the back end of Black Op Corp., if not terrorist style. And that's, like, um, uh, the whole Die Hard thing, Gruber's team yeah. Uh, y- you know, invading the tower and like just how that team's like under pressure and they're all hacking and they're you know a team of them or whatever. Um, they come across like smart, tech savvy, somewhat together, but they're not as like sleek as like Gruber in the sense of like all suits and completely uh, I don't know, teched out and in charge, but still have attitude and give it back. You know what I mean? But like yeah. I don't know, it's just it- it's-, it's kind of interesting and to me it almost has a vibe of like the Mr. Robot mnemonic. Uh, combo almost
0: yeah and like like, you know i'm while i watch a stupid amount of movies i also like books like neuromancer you know is obviously the the most famous you know example of of you know what cyberpunk is you know arguably that you know was first because obviously you know mike pondsmith grabbed a lot of you know inspiration from that but you know you got case that you know the main character in there you know he's kind of and he's closer to what i would i kind of play on rio where he's you know not like the cleanest guy not like some messy dude you know he's kind of a uh, you know he's definitely a, a elite hacker um but he also knows how to use a gun and knows how to like defend himself and stuff like that where you know there's other characters you know hackers the movie is a great example of like you know say you know these guys are hackers but like they wouldn't know what to do with a gun if you gave it to them like they would just, like right. they'd be lost because they're mostly kid, you know, they're pretty much all kids. So they're not, you know, they know how to hack, you know, in in the 95, you know, era of, of hacking, but, you know, they, they need, you know, if you're going to do the, you know, in red, they would need protection. They would need a solo because they're and, useless otherwise.
1: And I think that's a great uh, thing to mention too, because I do want to get into stats and skills. We'll hit that subject next, but as far as the archetypes and stuff, I think that's an important thing because in cyberpunk red, it's like, like kind of what you just said because you have to be within six meters of, a, of an access point and you're in that meat space, you're in that meat space, dealing with what the team's dealing with, plus you're in that AR system, dealing with programs and that side of it, it's like, man, you need to decide, all right, cool. like I'm obviously doing the programs and that because I'm a net runner. But am I also going to incorporate the ability to evade or fight or do things to protect myself in meat space, or am I making sure I'm part of a team that can help protect me while I do what I need to do in the, in, the, yeah. in the net in the system? And I think that's kind of cool because that's very defining of the net runner in the character because you know, are they that, that sort of like, you know, slick and stealthy. Uh, program guy net Netrunner, but kind of feeble in real world, like, oh, protect me, but I'm a badass in the system, or are they kind of nerdy and scared in the real world, but they're just like a genius in there, almost like a Rain Man style when they hit the system, you know? <laughs> or are they kind of like ninja, like I was saying earlier, ninja rogue style, like, alright, I'm very stealthy and ninja, like, I'll kick your ass if you get too close, I know how to protect myself, but I'm I'm just like that in the system as well, which to me is very, you know, Steve from Sirenscape, who plays, plays Bodak in the the one-shot ongoing, and on Rio, the, the netrunner you play in our weekly ongoing, both of you guys have netrunners very similar to that, where, like, they can do some kick-ass stuff, but they're also really good in the net,
0: you know? Yeah, and and I think, you know, even, you know, not to maybe skip too far ahead, but, you know, the programs that, you know, which I hope they will add more in later books, but the programs even are designed with that idea of, like, do you want to play a character that's very careful very methodical you know you want to just destroy every black ice on demon you run into um you know that kind of stuff or do you want to um you know ninja in and just go like down through the the levels and and get the information or the control nodes that you need and get out you know And, and you know there's programs that you know protect you and there's programs that you know do damage and there's programs that make you know other roles You know, quicker. You know, we made a big joke the last time uh, we played on Rio had never used slide because it's just he always would just go through and destroy things. But in that case, he was more in a hurry, so it was like, well, I just need to go past this. And it was good that you did it on
1: that too because I don't even know if you caught on the detail, but I think you were doing it to a kraken, Mm -hmm. uh, which that program once they you know they do a decent amount of damage, they're pretty tough. But once once they do a hit, it's like you can't progress you have yeah, to deal you're with stuck them
0: there until you're you're done dealing with that yeah i'm pretty sure so they, that... they do yeah they you know they do three you know three sets of damage and then you're you can't jack out or um progress deeper into the architecture you can stay yeah. there now you can still you know jack out unsafely but then you run the you know you obviously get hit again yeah if you haven't taken it so like it, it's just it kind of hold you know as the name Kraken kind of implies it holds you with its tentacles until you know you get rid of it. Yeah, so that was so, good.
1: You you, you know you, you, the first time using slide, you successfully got away from something that potentially could have stuck you there for a while. You know, yeah, stuck <laughs> you know,
0: for yeah for uh, yeah um at least until the next turn. It, you know, it's not too crazy. But of course, if it keeps hitting you, then you're stuck there until you kill it. That's so yeah. not exactly a small program. So, it, no, no. It, you know the, even the programs lead to that that idea of archetype of like. Oh, yeah. Do you want to be quick? Do you want to be methodical? Do you want to, you know, have a balance of two? That's why I think the idea of the implication of you having maybe multiple decks that you kind of can flip between, obviously there's also the idea of like, you know, how do you deal with, you know, enemy net runners if you run into them? Because that's a whole nother set of, you know, mm-hmm. do you want to have, you know, your own black ice, which I think is, you know, interesting, but obviously, uh, you know, if that program gets destroyed, you might, you know, you know, that'd be a big loss. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're expensive. But no, I totally agree, you know, the programs kind of define the archetype as well, totally just like stats and skills. We'll get into stats and skills in just a moment. But um but yeah, speaking of programs, let's talk about that just at least a little bit some of the the more, you know, stealthy ones cuz there's like Speedy Gonzalez and uh, which yeah. which is the one that helps you with uh with slide?
0: Well, speed. So, it's it, you know, Speedy, you know, basically increases the speed so when you first hit a black ice, you know you get the jump if on if you it have again. yeah you can get the jump on it or at least it prevent it from getting the jump on you i guess is maybe a slightly better way of saying it yeah um which means that you know you don't have to worry about getting hit like right off the bat so you it gives you that option to slide and not have to deal with it at all um or if you have enough you know programs or you can feel like you can destroy it like on rio has two low two programs of sword loaded so with his current three net actions you know, if he starts out that way, he can just go sword, sword, zap. And, you know, if he rolls decently, he can pretty much destroy most, you know, decent programs. Or certainly do enough damage that, like, the next turn you can finish him off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have, you know, things like uh, Eraser, which, you know, is another one of those kind of ninja programs What increases your cloak when you get down to the end. You know, you can, it increases your ability to hide what you've done you know especially if you write a virus uh, which is mostly what that's used for oh, yeah. Um, Very but yeah helpful. most of the programs you know a lot of them like deck crash prevents other net runners from jacking out you know similar to that Kraken um, or I'm sorry that that makes them get knocked out uh, one of them I thought it was super glue <laughs> which oh, I love yeah. the names of these where yeah. that like you know literally super glues them to that spot and they can't <laughs> safely jack out now, obviously, you know, if they don't have any black eyes to worry about, they can just, you know, effectively walk away from the access point and jack out that way. Yeah. Um,
1: no, and but... I think, like, as far as archetype, too, like, it plays in if, you know, not just if you're trying to be stealthy and slick or more battle heavy, but that, like I was saying earlier, if you're that more, like, timid but smart and slick, you know, leaning more towards that, less of the combat, maybe your whole thing is using some of these things that stick net runners or programs or. Uh, you know slide away from them or more armor and shield and protect from them instead of the programs where you're going to deal damage and really try to fight it out with them and and lean more on that side of it you know and it's it's really both you know they're they're still pulling from the the same roll ability the same d10 you know, so it's all going to come down to what programs you you load yourself with, which is really just player decision. You know, it's yeah. how you want your character to be. It really is you determining the archetype of your character and giving it that personality of how you want to be. And just and speaking of the personality on the player side, because I see PWB here says, how, how do you classify yourself—a character-driven player, or power player, or other? And I would say, you know, speaking of the the players in my game, games, games both the uh, weekly ongoing that On Rio's in. And the uh, the one shot ongoing that we do monthly or every other week or whatever, um, I'm lucky that most of my players are very much uh, character dr- driven players. Uh, there's not a lot of meta. There's not a lot of um, unless there's side convo about like some planning, you know, within players talking to each other about stuff. For the most part, I feel like. You know, I don't hear from Daniel that much in gameplay. You know, I hear from On Rio, and I love that. Yeah. I love that everyone is kind of in character. Everyone's really good at role playing, and, and, and,
0: like and like I said, it helps that like I'm you know playing somewhat. Obviously, I'm not you know totally that way, but I like I'm playing very much a character that like if if you know the universe was very different. Like I could be that character. No, you. Kind of no, you are. You, you that's even. A you lot even, of The time.
1: You even have the katana and shit. You have the sword and like. I do. I
0: have a, <laughs> I have a katana that's that this left. You know. You know about ten foot to my left. You know by my door. You know on a stand. So like you know I'm very much that. You know I am a giant nerd. I have you know I've got a. You know I'm mostly a Star Wars nerd, but uh, you know Star Wars, believe it or not, has a lot of cyberpunk. You know especially in the the newer stuff and the cartoons there's a lot of cyberpunk overlap in the way that they present you know much of you know certain aspects of star wars so it, but, it's it is very much i play that that sort of thing and i think that that helps a lot you know if you're playing you know if i was playing a a woman that was um trying to think like a media like it you know it'd be interesting and i can certainly try to play that off and i have a mixer that i can pitch my voice however i wish but, you know, it's obviously, you know, going off of a a set of skills that I don't generally have. So it's a little harder, I think, to do that. Oh yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't think any of we do I mean there there's some meta, I guess, but it's not, you know, in the like total you know anything that I would think is damaging. No, exactly. You know?
1: That's what I like about it is when it does come into play it'll be like all of a sudden like I don't know, Eric, or Val, or Daniel, or Ariel, you know, the actual players, not the characters, will ask another player, like, oh wait, no, what was that guy's name, or oh, didn't we already, didn't he already say this to you at that point? And that'll be, like, the extent of it, otherwise, like, everyone, for the most part, speaks in their character, and makes the decisions in character, and I love that. Um, And that's always hard
0: to do, because, like, you know, you're playing, you know, two, three hours every week, but in game, you know... What, that conversation you're just referring to happened 10 seconds, or, you know, or, right. or you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. five minutes ago. So it's like, you know, everyone has real lives. They, you know, something can't necessarily keep them all in one chunk. So sometimes yeah, there, yeah. you know, there might be a matter like, wait a minute, didn't, you know, but it, yeah, I, I think that at least in my viewpoint of my many 25, 30 years of doing uh, you know, tabletop, trying to eliminate that completely, I think, Can cause issues, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Um, Uh, Role playing is a little yeah. Role playing has to have a little bit of that balance, you know. You have to because that's that's how you play, Um, especially with other people, you know. But um, but moving on from that, you know, and again, anybody in chat, if uh, you know, you have anything to comment on a previous thing that we mentioned, whether it be the archetypes or the life path stuff or movie references, put it in there. We're we're still going to reference chat and pull pull info in. But but, you know, moving forward, I do want to talk about you know recommended stats. And skills, and to me, this kind of plays into, um, you know, what type of net runner you're gonna be. Yeah. And to me, it's like, um, I, I, feel, and, and I'll say this, I'll, I'll briefly say it. You know, I made some notes, and I'll, I'll get more into it, but I'll briefly say what I want to say about it, and then I want to hear from you. I want you to dive in on it as well, not just on Rio and how you do it, but options and shit. Sure. And then I'll chime into. But my first thought with all this is obviously with stats, I think it's really important for a net runner, uh, you know, to have a good move stat. Because let's not let's not forget Cyberpunk Red. You have to be within six meters of an access point, and you're stuck in this meat space while you're also in the system, which is like AR. So to me, I feel like move and dex dexterity. Because even if you're gonna play it like dodgy and defensive, that's your evasion skill. That's gonna pull from dex. You know, if you're gonna be more combat and like try to defend yourself, true, maybe a little on reflex if you want to be like ranged attacks, but th- but like I said, the fact you have to be within six meters of an access point sticks you in a, in a small area, meaning there's you're probably going to have to deal with more hand-to-hand if someone's coming at you. Um, so I feel like Dex, whether you're playing that evasive sort of guy avoiding combat, or you're going to defend yourself with some martial arts or a melee weapon, I think Dex is a good one. But to me, move and Dex, and then also thinking, depending on how you're going to play it, maybe intelligence or tech, because of work and other things and back to decks like stealthy you know that plays in if you're that that ninja rogue style and then it plays into you know the different skills based on the the way you're going to play those art types like i said if you're going to be more evasion and stealth and martial arts and melee or if you're going to be more like deduction and cryptography and things like that to where maybe your intelligence should be a little bit more Um, or you're picking locks like i said and being the sneaky type so that's my my brief little break (laughs) breakdown of how i feel it could be it always Leans one of two ways with me, like that, that stealthy fighter ninja rogue style netrunner, or you're the more like leaning on intellect and tech and maybe avoiding that, you know what I mean? Um, but those that's where I kind of lean. But first and foremost on stats, the move and decks I always feel are the most important. But take the mic, talk about stats and skills, netrunner options, and how you feel about it yeah. when it comes to archetypes. So,
0: like, basically, well, I'll go with this because, like, you know, if for those that are familiar with Red. You have multiple ways you can create the character, one of which is just a straight template. Like, you wanna play a Netrunner? Here's the template for the Netrunner. And mostly, I kind of used a lot of that as, you know, what I ended up, I modified a few things. But the way, you know, kind of the default template Netrunner, <clears throat> the way that Red presents it, is kind of that, like, walks the balance of, you know, obviously good at doing tech type stuff and whatever, but also has the ability to defend himself. So, like, you know, you have a high evasion, a handgun, you know, which, you know, is, is easy for, you know, kind of a light weapon, as it were. Um, and that's pretty much it. Now, I, on Rio, I modified it to where, you know, I took some points from other stuff, because I, I did it with, you know, not the template. You actually build your own character. And I added melee, cause, partly because I wanted that katana, the ability, <laughs> like the ability to use a katana. But, um, so you kind of have that that balance between those two. Um, I, I, on Rio, you know, in some of these, I kind of learned after we played for a while and I was like, oh, if I started over and I wanted to min-max things, you know, which I'm bad about sometimes, you know, I probably would modify some stuff because on Rio's move is only five, which has bit him in the butt a couple of times because, you know, he's yeah. been, you know, hit some black ice that lowered his move literally to the lowest you can get, which is one um and obviously it doesn't it does prevent you from moving quickly from spot to spot um the other one that i i m- would maybe potentially modify would be increasing luck i think luck actually is for all the roles but net running especially i think becomes very important because you know for those that aren't familiar it lets you basically up one of your you know like if you roll a, a five you get an additional plus one if you use a luck and you know that we've joked several times there's been multiple times where on oh, Rio yeah. has like and, and I, I don't really I just kind of was like hey eh, I guess I'll use a luck because mm-hmm. I want to make sure I use all my luck you know I only have a luck of five but I want to make sure I use all my luck before you know the end of the session and the, a lot of times where I'm just like I guess I'll use one and then I'll end up rolling and it was like literally that's what put me over the ability to like do whatever it was I was trying to do. Yeah, you've de- on Rio has definitely been I've I've joked about this. Unrio
1: has definitely been lucky with his luck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I think uh luck is is very, you know, Renegade also kind of agrees. I think luck is super important for that. But Oh yeah. You know, I also like, you know, one of the things reflex a reflex of eight gives you the ability to dodge when you're getting shot at and uh you know as long as you have eight or, or greater um and so i you know on rio ended up you know one of the things i did was i wanted to be able to dodge bullets because i just thought that was you know kind of an interesting you know matrix style way of doing things um so i think that's also useful it, again if you want to play that like cross between a solo and net runner obviously if you have no you know if you want to play that style character that's like you know using hackers the movie is an example of like you're just that nerd that is super good at like maybe tech stuff whatever then you know you don't probably need a high handgun or a high um you know evasion or high any of that if you have um you know a solo or maybe a group of solos yeah. that uh, you know are protecting you but, uh, I, you know, I think that, that ultimately that is where, you know, the important things are kind of, you know, again, if you're wanting to play that solo is, you know, stealth is a good, you know, one, especially if you have a, a decent deck or decks, um, you know, handgun, um, you know, if you want auto fire, you know, that's expensive. I think another example you could do instead of a melee weapon and I, you know, again, if I was starting over, I probably would consider doing something is doing, um, instead of using a melee weapon, you know, maybe increase brawling and then, you know, add uh, one of the martial arts uh, skills. So you get, you know, some of those cool, like, so when you're up close, you, you may be able to grab and throw people or do, you know, any of that kind of, you know, some of the cool stuff that they, they added with the martial arts, you know, skill.
1: Um Yeah, and the answer Honor Among Thieves says is there no cloaking ability? Yeah, there's the cloaking program to hide your your presence from being detected when, when you're in a system. You can cloak yourself so when you leave it sets your D V that another net runner would have to beat to tell that you were in the system. But in Meat Space there's no cloaking. I mean you have stealth. So, you know, contested uh, to maybe uh, somebody's perception to see if you can stealthily do something without them noticing. But there's no actual, like, cloak, like, invisibility-style thing. Yeah, there, there's in nothing
0: space, in the, yeah. like, using the major example in Ghost in the Shell. There is nothing, right. at least in... in... In you know red, Um, now could you maybe invent slash fabricate that? Maybe fabricate that'd be real hard. I think potentially that'd be real difficult to balance. I posted
1: Um, I posted in the Cyberpunk Uncensored Facebook group a while back on this sort of weird plexiglass uh, perforated thing that this person invented, and you get behind it's like a shield, and it's like an invisibility wall that totally like looks like the surrounding shit. I mean, I can't explain how it works but it does and it looks awesome and one of my players back then was like saw it and was like oh i want to try to find a tech to invent you know make that for me and i was like all right cool so you know anything you can think of um so yeah you know you can and
0: we have i mean we have we being in in real land like universe we have the ability right. like we have that tech already the ability you know it's very expensive and very hard as a mobile concept um you know to hot you know bend, you know effectively either bend light or it uses cameras to you know project to where right. it looks invisible but actually obviously it's still there um, you know but again that's one of those things where it's different between how it looks and, and how you would address that in mechanic you know way of doing things um, but there there's nothing in book you know rules is written uh, that uh, that has anything like that but again this goes to the fabricate invent. You know, if you can, if you want to do something like that and figure out, you know, work with a, a GM to, right. to balance it, you know, have at it. Exactly. Um, so but, yeah, I mean, but... a lot a lot of it comes down to, you know, the, the skills. It's just you very much have the ability to either, you know, play that very nerdy, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, maybe you want just straight stealth um, or you can play that um, kind of solo style. Where, you know, like for example, uh, like I said, Johnny Mnemonic, which, you know, one of my favorite movies, um, he would uh he fits, I think, that kind of, you know, borderline. He obviously is street smart, knows how to defend himself, um, certainly know you know, has the ability to have tech, um, but obviously also knows how to hack. Um, obviously his main thing is, is as a courier, which is a little outside of the, the typical Cyberpunk universe, yeah. um, but certainly can be done, because obviously sending things over your agent, you know, it's kind of whatever that data pool is, you know, you may, you know, that may get intercepted. So you may, there may be a case where, you know, there certainly is a, you know, memory chip slot. There's certainly things you can store on there, physically, you know, sneaker net it, walk over to somewhere else, you know, so you can certainly play Johnny Mnemonic, the, you know, character in Cyberpunk and certainly have a story that's related to that idea. Exactly. I don't think there's anything that says you can't do that. Right. Now, and
1: I think, you know, back to what I was saying initially, I think when it comes down to, like, you know, how you're going to play your Netrunner, I think for, for me, and it sounds like you agree, I think when it comes to recommended stats, the one we agree the most on here, and regardless if you're going, you know, Move stat or intellect or tech, you know, that style. Dex falls into both of those categories in the sense that are you going to, you know, defend yourself with a martial arts, a melee weapon, or are you going to need to evade someone attacking you? And the fact that in red you have to be within six meters of that access point, it puts you in the thick of it most of the time. Um, so, I think, I think Dex is probably Dex, my, my number know, one have, recommended stat. I,
0: I agree with that because it's like, you know, I have a Dex, or I, Unreal has a Dex of seven because, um, you, you know, with the way the points, really, you can't have too many that have eight without, you know, sacrificing a lot of issues. So I did eight reflex, seven on a few things, and then five on a, a couple other things. Um, but I've, you know, Dex is athletics you know dance contortionist obviously you know stealth which is obviously you know generally an important <laughs> you know idea oh, yeah. it's what evasion, all, all the you know. the you know yeah evasion it's all the you know martial arts brawling melee like pretty much everything that you use for you know close hand stuff um is all decks exactly. um obviously you know if you want to play that solo which you know that stole style net runner um, you know reflex I think is also almost double as important as well because that's yeah if you're going to
1: use a ranged attack sort of yeah if you're going to have ranged
0: and you want to be able to dodge bullets right um, you have to have obviously an eight you know reflex exactly so like you, you know that's what you know pretty much all the, the range weapons is you know universally what reflex is and it's also what you know driving is used for so if you want to do you know drive a land vehicle pilot or you know those type of things are all uh you know reflex as well exactly um, and then
1: i think and i think that might play in like i think dex number one because that's going to play into your evade your martial arts or melee whether you're you know evading people coming at you because you're stuck within that six meters and shit you can't get away right but i do think that then it plays in you know to okay am i going to now i'll lean, be
0: right it, back as my package just got here okay yeah
1: no problem i'm going to finish this thought uh So I think at that point, are you gonna lean into reflex and lean more into, okay, I'm gonna be able to dodge ranged attacks, maybe pull out a handgun and deal with people too, or are you gonna lean more towards, okay, dex is enough when it comes to the combat side of things. I'm gonna use that to evade things, and if people get close, maybe a little martial arts or melee. But instead of leaning into reflex after that, I'm gonna lean more into, more into like my move stat so I can get away and outrun people and shit like that. Or intelligence or tech or something along those lines, you know? because I wanna be really smart and nerdy Netrunner. You know, yeah, some decks evade, but I'm not worried about reflex and attacking as much, maybe a little martial arts, but I'm more of the thinker. So I wanna lean more into like deduction, cryptography, shit like that, or tech if you're picking locks and being sneaky with it, like a ninja or rogue style. Um, so that's you know, that's why I, I think it really just for me anyways, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I you know, I know there's there's a hundred ways that you can kind of play this, but with a Netrunner it always leans and with a lot of roles, it leans one of those two ways. You know what I mean? Either you're you're that kind of Netrunner particularly because of what it is. Um, you know, the more smart program like nerdy side and almost feeble in combat, but like I said, a little bit of decks can evade stuff. Or that more ninja-like, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to do programs and shit like that. Like, I'm a net runner, but I can defend myself and even get it, you know, on the offense sometimes. Like, I have a sword and I'm good at it. Or I can bust out my handgun and I'm a sharpshooter. Um, so I think that kind of, you know, you can play it either one of those ways. And, oh, what's up, Method? Um, I see you there in the chat. Not sure if you've been there, but I see you using the gun emoji there. Um let me see a catch up on chat. Interfaceability cloak. Page. Yeah, thanks, Renegade. Yeah, anybody interested in learning more about um, the interfaceability cloak and exactly what it is? It's on page 147 of the Cyberpunk Red Book. Um, so, Renegade, thanks so much. Renegade, uh, like I said earlier, he plays Gato the Fixer in my one shot ongoing. Um, oh, just woke up, or just work up. Just woke up, I think you're saying. Uh, method. Yeah, and anybody uh, interested in Method is also in part of our team there at Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. Make sure you join that and check out everything we have. We're starting to create a lot of really cool assets there. Uh, but Sorry no, about d- that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, just to give you just a quick recap. I mean, I went a little bit in depth, but I was saying after decks uh, being number one, because you can kind of play it, whether the evasive side or more on like, oh, I also can do martial arts and melee. I think secondary after that, you either decide like, okay, am I leaning more towards the combat ninja rogue style, in which case make sure I have enough reflex to use evasion on ranged attacks, and I can use a handgun and be a bit of a sharpshooter if I need to. Or, after decks am I leaning, you know, more on that nerdy intellect side and more intelligence and uh, uh, technique and stuff to tech uh, stats so I can do more deduction, cryptography, maybe a little pick lock and sneaky stuff um, or tech things, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and so I, I like, you know, my character's kind of high reflex, high dex, Low move, low intelligence. Uh, and by low, I mean like five. So, like, right. not like average. super low, but just like, you know, average, maybe slightly below average, because average is effectively sixes and everything. And then you get plus two to put somewhere else. And then you can kind of adjust as needed. Um, you know, my luck is five. But so I added, you know, and I think this is important depending on how, you know, it might be important really, regardless of, of how you want to play your, your uh, net runner, but uh, empathy. Oh, that's a good AI point, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like need- that that's something I feel we could blanket on any role realistically. Because, like, there's all, yeah. these, there's all these different archetypes, right? The styles that you can play these roles and, like, this Netrunner. However, Empathy is kind of this overall style on any role. Like, are you that type of player? Like, you want your character to be, like, really cybered out with all this cool cyberware? Or am I more, like, minimalistic when it comes to that? And I think... That's less archetype particular to role and more kind of general. How, what what type of player are you going to play your character? You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Like how how do you want to do it? Like I yeah. I took a high or relatively high high being seven, uh, empathy because I knew one, you know, just as a netrunner you must have a neural link and an interface you know port or interface cable, um, which takes a decent chunk of empathy by itself, um, and then I also partly because of, of you know, reasons I wanted, um, instead of having, you know, goggles, because one of the things you need for, you know, net running is virtuality goggles. So you can see this AR, you know, cyberspace world. I didn't want to have to carry goggles or be that overt of that. I was a net runner. So like I, you know, fit it into where instead of having goggles, I got cyber eyes and then the virtuality goggles, which you have to buy for each eye yeah um so i had to like i started out drained of like empathy pretty quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's one of like i started out with a seven empathy but ultimately i think i and i think i'm still in that that range um with you know uh yeah. therapy where my empathy is as a is a net three um so like you know if i lose one more then you start running into cyber psychosis type you know things stuff. yeah yeah exactly but obviously with a you know like a three empathy like human perceptions based off of that conversation like dealing you know in some ways with people you know become your perception is uh i think wait no perception no no no. human perception human human yeah so like you figuring out like how you're dealing with people that becomes much harder um and you don't get quite the uh oh yeah the ability to figure that out stuff so you know that's where like intelligence is where perception and all that stuff is, which right, again right. is why Unrio generally never has a high perception roll because mm. his intelligence is is relatively low compared to some of his other stats. Yeah, no, but, yeah, and obviously, I think
1: I, I think when it comes to any role, I think like I was saying, I think it's important to have high empathy. Um, but again, that's personal preference, doesn't not role particular. It just depends on how you feel about lots of cyberware. Me personally, like obviously, I'm the game master in. Most of the ones I do, but if I was playing, I would always start off with decent empathy because I know I'm going to want lots of cool cyberware. I mean, I'm playing cyberpunk. I want lots of cool cyberware. Exactly, and that's kind of the the thing. But let me say, that's not to say it's not interesting as hell to fucking play it completely opposite of that and almost be, I forget what they call it in the book, that sort of cult group that's like anti- Cyberware. Uh, anybody in chat? If you remember, yeah, what,
0: I'm trying what, to remember. But you get my point. The, that could be yeah. kind of fun
1: too. Is if you're playing a character that maybe is like minimalistic with that or against it or no cyberware. That could be kind of fun and interesting to do it. But um, but not my first choice. Cyberpunk. Yeah. I, want, <laughs> I want lots of cyberware. You well, know?
0: and as a netrunner, you have to at least have no, two. no no. inquisitors.
1: <laughs> uh, I see PWB and renegade. No inquisitors. I, I worked them into a game. A game. They're cult like gang that's like very anti cyberware. Um, but there's another word. Um, for the type of person that that believes in anti-cyberware thinking. It's like a a general social word, I think, that they name-dropped in the book. There's some other terminology for it. But Inquisitors is a great... Example, no, not purist, but it, but it's you know like that. It's something like that. They call yeah. it something. Uh, if I remember, maybe on the archived version of this episode on the YouTube channel, we'll drop it in the description or in the comment section. Anybody watching, if you know what I'm talking about, put it in the in the comment because it's going to drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, I think
0: also you know going back to the, you know the style. Obviously, if you're playing that solo hype character, you also kind of need a high body and will.
1: Mennonites um
0: and yeah, not the Mennonite. Um,
1: <laughs> you're, you're really into, like, making cheese and milk products and shit <laughs> yeah. and, like, no tech. And woodworking. And woodworking. <laughs> yeah, you're always whittling and fucking, like... <laughs> That's funny.
0: But, yeah, like, if, you know, going back to the, the style, like, if you want, you know, to be able to take a lot of hits, you know, and this goes to brain as well because you're taking damage from yeah. black ice. Your body's you're going to want a high body and will because your hit points are taken from, you know, effectively a chart. Yeah. that takes those two, you know, together. And that comes into, um, like,
1: you know, again, if you're deciding what type of Netrunner, like, evasive, nerdy, smart dude, or, like, fighting ninja-style, like, I'm not scared of combat, but I'm also good with the programs. And then within that, you, de- you determine kind of those details within that. Okay, am I the more tank-style fighter? Or more ninja style, like good at martial arts and evading stuff, or more like, fuck it, just I'm taking it head on, I've got great body and will, I can take the damage as much as I can give it. So, you know, I I think that's kind of cool to bring that up.
0: And it it goes to that idea of, like, if you're playing that, like, nerdy, I'm not gonna, you know, evade or any of that, I'm gonna rely on my solo to protect me, you know, that same kind of goes for, like, if you're playing with your programs... And you you know use armor and flak and shield and these you know, programs that protect you from taking damage and other effects, and rather than attacking, maybe you have a sword or something, but maybe you don't. Maybe you just are literally like my you know other than maybe dealing with demons, uh, you know. And of course, you could use zap, which is just a built-in you know skill. You know you may want to slide everywhere and not you know so. You You know, your idea is you know, you may not need a high body or will because you may not need the HP to protect yourself from that. Now, obviously, there's a risk if you don't have that and you do end up getting hit by, you know, zaps from demons or black ice or anything of that nature. Um, but just like everything else, there's always this trade off,
1: yeah. And thanks, uh, uh, what is it? Is it Gerg hash or Gerg hash? Hopefully, all one word, but Neo Ludites. I think that's the word I was looking for that they list in the book. The Neo Ludites are like class you know a class of people you know it's like your belief system or whatever I don't think it's like a gang or anything you know correct me if I'm wrong in chat I I don't have that section of the book open or even know what page it's on I just remember reading about that or something but yeah I think that's the word I was looking for the neo-ludites and they don't uh you know they're kind of like Mennonites I guess in a way like you know they're not into cyberware and all okay page 21 Zeppi says. All right. Well, there you oh, have okay, it. I cool. think I, at least I, I knew I, I'm not crazy. I knew there was something about to that, uh, not just the Inquisitors, which are kind of a, a different version of that or whatever, that game.
0: And then, like, cool is another one that's, like, you know, it's kind of can be treated, I guess, to a certain degree, as, like, the old-style way of thinking of charisma back in the old D&D days, oh, yeah. where it's, like, that's your dump stat. Like, nobody cares. But it, it is kind of important because it's related to, like, how I think reputation is done, which... Yeah. You know, plays with how you deal with, you know, standoffs and stuff. And it's also how you, you know, interrogation, And
1: as a a GM, you've seen me do it a couple times. I've done it on, I I know, on my uh, ongoing one-shot as well. Once in a while, I'll pull a cool roll where you're just doing a 1D10 and you're trying to make sure you roll your cool stat or under. Um, If you roll above that, whatever you were trying to pull off wasn't cool becomes
0: harder yeah it wasn't you know what I mean like and, and and it becomes I usually, harder
1: yeah yeah I usually throw that in if like you know a player you know is doing something different out of the ordinary like okay cool I'm gonna hop over this and dive out that open window I could just do a general athletics check but the way he described it was kind of cool and interesting like ninja style so I'm gonna make him do a cool check and see if yeah he ended up out the window but it was kind of clunky and wasn't that cool or he ninja style rolled and flipped out the window and people were like oh shit
0: you know you know what I mean yeah <laughs> So like yeah cool like you know bribery persuasion like mm-hmm. the thing again dealing with people getting information oh, yeah. from people trading that kind of stuff you know i have on rio's got a low relatively low again i don't have any skills under five but that one's five um just because i figured like he's kind of cold like it's just you know people are, are kind of not his thing you know he just you know he prefer computers that kind of stuff again <laughs> plays with <laughs> the player who plays him Um, right (laughs) to a degree but uh, you know so there's a lot of but again you could play that that character of like you know high cool high empathy high um, you know uh, maybe will specifically you know so which gives you kind of that the ability to, to you know handle you know endurance and resist torture drugs which is you know can be very important depending on stuff or concentration if you're trying to you know do something you know specific i'm kind of hoping that you know splat books later will have more stats and more ways of doing programming so concentration may play a role in like you know or if you're trying to program real quick in the field or do something specific you know or, or hack in a way there might be you know you might need to do a concentration if like there's explosions going off and all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. so there there's certainly ways that you can do that like high intelligence high cool high empathy you know maybe low reflex decks you know high move high luck you know so where you're just you're dealing with you know kind of sneaking in to a degree you know avoiding black ice rather than dealing with it you know avoiding people rather than dealing you know let your team deal with that Mm -hmm. or you can play that net runner, which is how i like playing it the you know I can take care of myself. Obviously, team helps, <laughs> but you know I can. Ha- you know I have a, a six handgun. You know I eight reflex, seven decks You know so I. You know you don't have to roll crazy in order to uh, you know hit anybody. Um, like you know using a recent example, there's times where there's been standoffs and I'm dodging bullets but hitting them. Right. You know and that's you know we kind of ran into that if you watched the last episode or episodes ago um, you know there was a little bit of that with on Rio and a, a person he was dealing with so oh yeah um, you know and then there's always melee too with you know deck so like it, it is very much that like how do you want to play it you want to play the nerd do you want to play the the kind of you know take care of yourself or do you want to play some you know And I'd love to see other people's uh, yeah like your know, method posted like you know and of course there is dual classing or whatever i forget the, that term yeah. they use multi-classing um you know you can certainly branch off mm-hmm. and you know instead of you know once you get your net runner to a point you like you can start doing like med you know and be a med tech or maybe you become a fixer or you know, and like, i think
1: the cool thing too with how they did it is you know your roll ability isn't attached to a stat or skill in a sense you know so yeah it allows you that You know that that full player agency in a sense to to make that character exactly how you want with a specific characteristics and style um because your your interface your rollability is going to determine your skills as a netrunner how many you know uh uh, net actions and all that stuff it's going to be how you do all those actions because it's your interface plus one d10 whether it's a dv or contest you know against a black ice or other netrunner so that's, you know, you can be a good Netrunner no matter how you place your stats and skills beyond that. And I think that's really cool because as long as you're, you're focused on your rank, that's how good of a net runner you are. And then everything beyond that is up to you how you want to style that Netrunner, you know? And I think that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, you're
0: not cool. kind. That, That's why, like, because I think 2020, full disclosure, I never actually, I have the book. I actually have it right on my desk. I've never played 2020. I just never had the opportunity to actually play that um but I you know I the stats were all kind of tied together. So it's like you kinda had to have a high, I think, intellect or whatever in in 2020, I think, in order to do some of the net running stuff, or at least certainly yeah. programming and stuff that were kind of required in order for like net running to be useful. And yeah. this red makes a much bigger deal of not tying your your role ability, in this case net running, to specific stats. So you're not like locked into Well, if I'm a net runner, I have to have a high intelligence and a high this, which then means you have you can't be X whatever over here. So I I do very much appreciate the fact that they give you that agency to have, you know, to play the character you want. You know, the nerd or the you know, the the crazy, you know, Johnny mnemonic, you know, suit, or do you wanna play the the, ninja style or yeah ninja where it's like you know you don't maybe you you're you know using a a different uh, you know i played carbon 2185 which is another cyberpunk but using like D rules you know they have like a street samurai so maybe you just you eschew all use of guns but you have you know your melee weapon and, and you hack and, and do stuff that way yeah, Where and I you see uh, kind of do whatever you want. Yeah,
1: and I see Eric Eric in here says net running in 2020 takes a lot longer. Back in the day, we would leave it out and use NPCs as net runners. Totally agree. That's exactly what what would always happen anytime I played 2020 back in the day. Red totally fixed that, and then uh, you know the fact with red and and the multi classing, like we mentioned, it's like you can even go beyond all the choices by diversifying or doing whatever you want with stats and skills, but then you can also change your mind once you hit that, you know, beyond level 4 and start on a new one-on-one. And once you hit 4, you can change it again if you want. And some of the people yeah. in chat here have done it, like um, uh, Honor Among Thieves says, I like the nerd Netrunner style. I do too. I, I like that too. Although, I, I am a fan of Rio and Bodak and my games being that sort of, I don't know, nerdy ninja Netrunner style. But um, but yeah, nerd Netrunner slash techie interests me. I think that's cool. And then Zep GM Zeppi says that as well. Netrunner slash tech is my current PC. Oh, cool. So you're you're uh, multi-classing, um, and then uh, PWB or Mr. Bind to some, uh, <laughs> he says I'm making a former Netrunner now media celeb. Well, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, uh, that, that would make sense too, because if you're in the Netrunner, maybe that's how you're getting a lot of your uh, your rumors, uh, you know, getting your evidence for rumors and shit gathered by, by hacking systems. I could see that.
0: Yeah, so I mean you can certainly and that's where it's great, like you can either do that and, and give it to your media, you know, player, you know, team member or NPC, or you can just become that. Like, hey, I want I like the idea of expose you know, and, and I've thought of this idea, um, you know, even with Unrio, like that could be a way to tie in the hacktivist, like, you know, exposing the bad guys. Like, you know, could you know, Unrio get to a point where once his interface is up to a certain level, he starts going down the media. Thing. and that's how he does more exposing of the bad guys is he finds this info and then writes stories to expose them and he works with Ziggurat which is kind of the main company that that does a lot of the like, you know what is effectively Facebook of today like social media, that sort of, you know, idea and certainly you can do that obviously it may take you many sessions to get the enough improvement points to do that but, right. you know, it's certainly a, yeah, or an information broker, as, as Honor Among Thieves says, like, that's another, yeah. you know. Well, that
1: feels, to me, information broker, that would feel more like a fixer, by definition, by that. But I do know what you mean by that, in the sense of, yeah. it's almost like multi-classing a net runner with a media if used properly by getting evidence for those rumors and stories and things. It's almost like that combination is an information broker fixer, you sort of, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see, I can feel that. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I agree. The cost of IP of having three effective archetypes is really difficult. Like I've been, you know, as, as Raven in our game as well, like we've been just, I haven't used improvement points on anything else, partly because I built my character skill wise kind of where I would keep it. And that's, I think another advantage to like red of like, you know, there is no power creep. I don't know how you would like, depending on how you look at it, but it's not like as you level, you are necessarily running into. Actually, I'd say net runners are probably the the least about of this because typically, you know, you could have it to where the higher interface, the more likely you may run into systems that have more powerful things because you can then deal with it at that point. Oh, yeah. But a lot of the skills and a lot of the stuff, there isn't like, oh, if you get your handgun to like eight, all of a sudden now it, you know, you might have some aspects where you're running into, you know npcs that have high handguns to counterbalance but like it has to make some sense like it's not right. like you have to constantly like D and a lot of things you're not constantly ramping up both at the same time with the same idea
1: yeah, and to me i feel know? like you know as as a good gm which i hope i am you know i feel like there's a bit of a balance there you know like as as mm-hmm. players increase their rank they increase their skills they get better and better As a GM, you want to keep the challenges interesting and keep the challenges growing, right? Because otherwise it's too too easy. But in the same breath, you also still have to balance some of the traditional or real-world NPCs and things that now the characters are way stronger than so they can plow over certain things or figure certain things out. Because... They did get up to those skill levels, so you can't constantly increase everything to where it's everything is always challenging no matter how much I increase my skills, because that's not fun either. You want to increase your skills so eventually you can be a sharpshooter and a bit of a badass and get, get the better on other uh, enemies and shit sometimes a little more than you used to back when you didn't have as many skills. So it's almost a balancing act if you're a good GM in keeping it challenging, but also I don't know, having enough reward in there or at least some of that feeling too so as the characters grow they can feel like a badass sometimes but still have some challenges along the way does that make sense
0: yeah you're you're not punishing your players by improving certain things by then just like well i know you've spent all your points on you know x or you know using unreal like all interface i'm going to immediately make every system you run into just that additional more harder so then like there's no benefit like why bother <laughs> right putting, like you, you get nothing out of it other than i guess you know the only thing you would gain is more net actions and then if you get high enough um you know you get more you know when there's those downtime weeks you know you get yeah, more, you more know, hustle money I mean, a bit yeah, more true. hustle money but you know ultimately that's not why you're doing that you're doing that to be the better hacker or whatever you know better net runner so like that that's you know and again that's gm and balancing that and all that kind of stuff and trying to like you said keep it challenging but not you know punish you know players or make it like ridiculous like oh you walked into a ganger and like all of a sudden they have a 40 level uh you know system architecture which you know normally would cost you know if you look at rules as written you know 10 million credit or you know eddies like you know that why would they have something of that name (laughs) it just doesn't make sense right exactly like
1: uh Eakin says here: uh, uh, In any system, allowing the players an easy victory to showcase their improvements is something that should happen. Exactly, I think that summarizes it well. And um,
0: sometimes that that comes from dice rolls too. Like you oh, know, totally using a, a right. recent example, like I, you know, crit high crit rolled a Pathfinder check, which you know made you know things a little easier to get through a system. So it's like that. That's where you know, plus the you know the fact that the interface is already high. You know, that's where you get that style of like, you know, those moments that, you know, make tabletops awesome. Yeah, and I think, you know, the fact that you
1: can make a Netrunner any way that you want because, you know, like I said, there's all these different ways that you can play the stats, all the different ways you can play the skills... But then the way that role ability is separate it's like that sets forth your ability to be a net runner and then you can play that style or cooler vibe of the net runner any way you want based on how you do the stats and skills but even within that role ability or stats and skills when it comes to ip and and let me let me say anybody watching anytime i mention about the combat the role ability breakdowns and an example of a net run how ip works i have a whole crash course tutorial series on the cyberpunk uncensored youtube Go check that out you 'll learn all the different mechanics and aspects of cyberpunk red it's very useful and, uh, and if you, and if you like them, please share them around. Give them a like. I would really appreciate that shit. But my point here is how you play i p also determines what type of net runner you are or any role really, but you know we're on net runners yeah. here for this episode. Um, you know because as you're getting that i p are you going to constantly increase your rank like on rio's been doing to where like you know He's working his way towards more net actions. Uh, you know all those uh, interface abilities and skills and things that he does now. He has more of a chance because that interface of, of rank is much higher added to that one d10. So he's becoming a better net runner and keeping you know the individual style of his net runner where it is because you know you're happy with where it is. But that's not to say as a player. Maybe you don't want to increase rank. You're, you're setting that, okay, I'm a decent netrunner, but I want to really lean into being like that that stealthy ninja, or I want to really lean into that super smart nerdy. Like, I'm not into combat, but man, I can figure things out because my deduction and my tech and these things are all, you know, increasing. And then, aside from that, the option of multi-classing. So you can see there's just a thousand ways and, and combinations, and, and, you know, you can totally stylize your netrunner to be any way you want. It's so cool.
0: And, and I and i think that's where the the, i again you know being that i've played many different tabletop uh games over the cyberpunk's unique in the sense that because you're not getting this weird power creep you do have that option of like you can just keep doing your roll ability gives you more net actions gives you eventually more hustle money and, and you know obviously increases your your base roll so like you know unless you roll one you know like i have an interface of six if i roll a two i'm i minimum i'm at eight which is what a lot of things kind of start at anyway so like i have to roll really low in order to you know suck at that right um if i roll average i'm usually you know five plus ten or five plus i'm sorry uh six you know i'm at 11 so that's like you're already there plus luck and all that other yeah that's when it comes in that
1: that's when it comes in when you hit situations like that sometimes i'll say well i already know you you know you dominate this, but make the roll just to see if you crit fail. Just see
0: if you, yeah, exactly. You know, because that, that could happen, everything.
1: but that's, you know, that'd be the only way that you would fail some of those exactly. things, yeah. <laughs> but,
0: like, you could, you know, instead of doing that, like, there's nothing to say, like, you know, if you wanted to play a different style, like, you know, say I left it at four, you know, which is the default starting value for pretty much any roll, um, but, you know, and I added handgun and all the stuff, you know, kept all my skills the same, but instead of increasing my interface, maybe it's like, well, now I want not only do I want a handgun, I have melee, but now, you know, maybe if I don't have any weapons or, you know, maybe I'm stripped of that, um, you know, maybe I get martial arts or, you know, uh, auto fire if I wanted to switch from a pistol, which is what typically Unreal uses to SMGs. And, you know, so I have that option to not only, you know, have auto fire, but I can do all that stuff. Or maybe I want more skills into, you know, instead of, you know yeah i want to do the the hacking but using a, a real world example maybe i want to increase my intellect and and empathy and stuff like that to get better perception better human perception interrogation that kind of stuff to where maybe i i end up doing um a version of kind of social engineering i think you know on a side note rocker boy like a a you know, multi-class netrunner rocker boy would be like the prototypical hacker in the real world where it's like rocker boys can kind of convince people to do what they want you know you could play a rocker boy that maybe isn't a a uh, musician or a poet or anything like that you you play that you know kevin mitnick style hacker where it's like he's known you know more not just the technical thing but being that social engineer getting people to you know let them into systems or let them into buildings that normally you wouldn't um you wouldn't let somebody just do and like that's where it's like you can do all these kind of crazy ideas of like you know you know different characters in the real world that social engineer you know media stuff like that i think is what makes cyberpunk you know red specifically one of the more unique tabletop games that you can literally play pretty much whatever you want in whatever role you want, and it still be a viable, you know, oh, yeah, plate.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and uh, uh, I see Eric in here. I like social engineering for a net runner, as that is a valuable hacking skill in the real world. It totally is. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, for those that aren't familiar, that like that is more valuable than having that super program that can hack into things, like, it is right. much easier to you know that's why spam and malware and stuff like that is so prevalent it's easier to trick people to oops accidentally click on something than it is to just you know write a program that you know gets around a you know a windows bug exactly. like it's easier to break somebody than it is to and see that also that.
1: that also plays into the type of net runner you're building you know are you more into your interface and the programs to hack and the things on, on that that side of it or are you more on the social engineering side to where you know you're more persuasive and things to like m- maybe get the other people to to help during the process of you dropping a virus or something along those lines you know maybe you're the fast talker uh, ninja style uh, yeah and method says social engineering is 90% of real world hacking 100% um, and Steve at Sirenscape just had an hours power outage glad <laughs> to be back Steve sucks. damn it yeah I was he, wondering...
0: got, net, he got hacked somewhere <laughs> he, yeah he's he shut he's... off his power
1: yeah he's fighting real real life net runners <laughs> in the system to get back here. I'm glad you you won and you're back. Um we're actually getting ready to wrap this up. Uh, but lucky for you, you know, we archive these videos. We do the live streams. I love the live streams. I love just talking off the top of my head, having guests on and just having it like a natural conversation. I love that vibe and and I always do it, but You know, we take those live videos and usually within a week's time or so, uh, when I can fit it into the schedule, I'll archive it uh, VOD style on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube and everyone can always go there and check it out. I usually drop timestamps in the description and stuff so you can get to the parts you want. Um, So you got that down. Uh, Let's see, Rob, Dr. Heckle, how uh, can you mention the sheet submission? Oh yeah, that's right. Guideline is posted. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me of that, Mr. Bind. Uh, PWB (laughs) here. Um, Yeah, In the Cyberpunk and Censored Discord, we did start up uh, this whole uh, scream sheet uh, sort of thing put on by, actually it's it's being put on by IMG, which is the indie indie media group Neocorp that I I created for our monthly uh, ongoing one-shot, which is kind of fun. But ultimately we're creating these scream sheets um, that GMs, players, people will be able to grab them and use them in their game, and we're going to put them out as regularly as we can, depending on people giving us submissions of content. So, if you're a game master, you're a player, and you want to, uh, you know, send us a little news blurb that could be put in the screen sheet, maybe like, you know, leading up to the plot of your recent session, something that we can put in there like a little news blurb or something that other GMs could use to create their campaigns and such. Send them our way. Go over to the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. You'll see the uh channel. And you'll see uh, a PWB in there uh, as uh, Ferris Bueller, I think, is his, his uh, username in there. But uh, he's got a whole submission process uh, pinned there in the channel you can read. And you can hit him up and just join us, contribute to that. Um, and we have a whole team there now that we put together. Method's part of that, a bunch of others. And, um, you know, we're doing all kinds of promos and cool stuff. I would love to have your help, anybody that's interested in stepping up and being part of the team. Um, other than that and, I and
0: real quick just to address like renegade had a question about equipment yeah, yeah. we didn't really talk too much about equipment because there really isn't kind of one of the things that i really hope they add in in future spot books there really isn't a whole lot of like net running equipment by itself it's really you have these a normal debt like most equipment you have the standard the poor or the excellent which increases how many programs slash hardware slots um, yeah. You know, that really just gives you more options. That doesn't really change anything else. Um, but then you also have the the Cyberdeck hardware, like a backup drive. Like, Unreal uses a backup drive. Again, that more methodical approach of, like, I want to make sure that even if my programs get deleted, I'm not having to replace them. I just, you know, have to pull them off the, the deck or the, the, the backup drive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some, like, DNA lock, which is... DNA lock running- is one of those...
1: I was going to say Renegade named a few really good as far yeah, as the hardware, like, very useful stuff if you want to name that right there. Uh, yeah,
0: so like, you know, uh, Hardened Circuitry which is actually something I, you know, Rio just got, which um, basically right now just prevents it from being, and, and we actually potentially would have maybe run into this uh, you know, in a, a recent session where EMP may take out your cyber deck. Hardened Circuitry prevents that. Um, it's a little vague on exactly what else it, you know, in did do because it says it also blocks non-program black ice effects related to making your cyber deck not work there really isn't any right now i have to imagine that's a a wording that's for future proofing um but then obviously insulated wiring is something i started with just because i didn't there's a lot of programs that will catch you on fire on <laughs> rio doesn't like that <laughs> as you might imagine so you know there's that's a, a great one as well um range upgrade actually is one, the one that i am the least fan of because the difference between six and eight doesn't yeah. seem like enough to justify taking a slot but i suppose that that could be one of those things that maybe you know you if you have a tech that can you know slash you know invent fabricate an upgrade to that you know you can make it 10 maybe or something of that nature um, then it might make a little more sense and just seems I like an extra an extra 2 meters doesn't really yeah it's 1 change. 1
1: square on the map you know doesn't it's... really
0: change enough to make it worth yeah, it yeah i agree i agree
1: i think and, and, I, I think uh, I just to not fall too late on the chat here because I, d- I don't want to lose track. But um, sure, I agree. Sure. I think like Steve, who plays Bodak, the other netrunner, insulated wiring is pr- is a must-have. It saved Bodak many times. I th- yeah. think that's probably minor as far as hardware, the most useful because you know hellhounds are very common, um, and uh, you know there's other ways to catch on fire, but I think insulated wiring that's probably. I, my I think number that
0: one. is the the best one. Like I said, backup drive, although it takes up two hard hardware slots, that which is, is hard one. to give up. That many slot is is important if you don't want to worry about having to you know buy multiples of the same program so you just have backups or whatever but most programs are cheap enough that you can source that for the most part somewhat easily you know and then uh crash barrier is another one that i'm not a huge fan of because it's all it does is prevent you from forcing the netrunner to be jacked out unsafely Um, again and it takes two slots Right. that's one of those there's not that many programs that do that or many functions that do that Um, but again that's also one of those things that you might you know if you're playing that that more quick like I have to get through things quickly that might be something you may want to have so you don't end up you know if you're sliding past you know black ice after black ice after black ice and not actually dealing with it and then you run into something that jacks you out and you get hit by you know two three black ice in one shot because you're oh, jacked yeah. out unsafely that could be super you know important you know on oh, yeah. rio has no use for that because generally he goes through and deletes everything because you know he has a sword and you know that's what he's you know i'm more of like i'm going to hack my way through it may take a little longer literally but... hack his way yeah through, literally so. hack you know through the <laughs> sword and through the concept yeah. but you know i think crash barrier is another one of those that's a little weird and dna Heartlock lock is also one of those that i'm not a fan of only because it's very situational and that like oh it prevents another person from using your cyber deck um that seems weird because you're pretty much carrying it all the time so unless they steal it from you which certainly can be done but um at that point you know dv17 electronic security check's not going to really probably change a whole lot so and again that takes up two slots so it's not one of those that you know for at least me I, I you know have less uh, less use for it. Yeah, I feel like anything uh,
1: taking two slots has to be really worth it,
0: you know? (laughs) And that's where like backup drive, it literally saves you potentially from losing 100, 200 you know, eddies, you know, when something gets deleted and that's happened a few times to to Unreal and it's, you know, instead of having to buy that program again, you know, he just has to take, you know, an hour later to, to restore it. Yeah. Uh,
1: homebrew. Yeah, I wanted to say, um, because chat chat's doing a, a bit of a rap here too i know we were yeah. but, but we did want to, to mention the hardware so i did want to back up and make sure we, we talked about that um but we did cover uh almost everything I, I i think everything that we wanted to cover here on the deep dive netrunner. considering we went through all the life path stuff the archetypes you know movie references and character styles all the different stats and skills and ways you can play that in different angles we had some great commentary from the chat that's awesome Um, that being said, let me pull it back to Cyberpunk Uncensored and kind of mention what Pyro is saying here and and Zeppi, who's part of our community there on the Discord. Um, yeah, uh, PWB is heading up, uh, the, uh, the Scream Sheets. Uh, Zeppi's been making some cool, uh, content and assets. You can see it there on cyberpunkuncensored.com in the blog. We have a bunch of people from the team contributing things like GM screens and fillable character sheets, uh, just all kinds of stuff too many things to name right here I'm actually working on a video to promote that here soon but um, one thing I would say is yeah Zeppi, any of these other cool things like these custom programs and homebrew things maybe you'd send that into PWB we can add that as like fake ads in the screen sheets that way when GM's get these screen sheets there can be like news stories and blurbs that they can use with their players to create campaigns and sessions there can also be like free ads of cool stuff that they can use, whether it be tech, or items, gear, or whatever. I think that's a fun, fun idea there that Pyro just kind of mentioned there in the chat, so I'd, I just wanted to mention that, so. All right, cool, and um, yeah, I also want to mention before we get out of here, um, you know, shout out to all my uh, supporters on Patreon. I launched that not too long ago and been getting great feedback. I really appreciate that. Anino from Anino Gaming, Chris Anderson, Steve Barr of Sirenscape, Jason Weaver, uh, Matt James who's also GM Reservoir Panda streams every Sunday for Cyberpunk Uncensored, uh, Samurai Matt, Corruption, Rothen who's a Renegade 420 over here, um, Simon Peter and Method who's been here in the chat as well. So. Lots of support, and I really appreciate y'all for uh, uh, joining Patreon. Um, Everybody else, definitely check out the links in the description, the archived YouTube as well. Uh, We'll have links to all that stuff, all these assets, everything that we mentioned. Um, I'd love to have your support, have you around more, and joining our community. Um, We're really trying to create something cool here, not just all these videos and content and interviews and, you know, the stuff that I've been doing, but, you know, community stuff. Like we have, like I said, a team we put together. We have a lot of talented people on our Discord and in the Facebook group. And um, we're just, we're creating a, lo- a lot of really cool stuff. So um, if you're seeing this and you haven't joined us yet, do it now. Go check it all out and, uh, you know, contribute to it or at least enjoy it. You know what I mean? Um, I also see, oh, my, my beautiful wife Valerie there saying what's up. So yeah, that was, that's cool. I don't know if you just popped back uh, to say goodbye. I appreciate that. Also Zeppi saying absolutely. Uh, PWB, uh, in Discord, he's, yeah, uh, Ferris Bueller. He just put it there so you can see the spelling. Uh, so hit him up as far as uh, the scream sheets. Um, but, but before I kill this transmission, uh, any last thoughts or words, whether it be about, you know, you, Cyberpunk, and Censored, or any last things on Netrunners? Just any last words on Rio?
0: Yeah, I mean, if anybody has any questions or, or you know, wants, you know, after this to, you know, ask anything net running or just curious about anything else, you can catch me on the Discord or Twitter or Twitch as Gizmoscariot. I'm the same thing on pretty much every system. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah if you have any questions or anything, hit me up on one of those systems. Happy to to always talk about, you know, Cyberpunk, Star Wars, nerd shit, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um anything that, that you want. Uh otherwise, uh yeah, I hope that uh more people, you know, it's obviously 2020 made Net running a little difficult, <laughs> and I think I think you know there's the least. from a few, yeah, to say the least. And I know I've talked to a decent amount of GMS, and we've heard it from other people that like, you know, there's a few people that are stepping into that net running, like, or, or wanting to to try it out. Um, I highly recommend it. It is super fun, super unique, you know, compared to um, any of the other games, any of the other rules, you know. Give it a shot it's it's really fun and, and interesting and again you can build your character however you wish and you know I, i'm hoping more people with the help of this the community take the time to you know consider playing net it is one of like i said it is one of the more fun tabletop experiences i've had out of any game system oh yeah 100 percent. i
1: think like, method just backed you up on there and put it well uh, it looks more intimidating than it really is. Red, made Absolutely. it streamlined. It's, it's awesome. Give it, it a shot.
0: And yeah, it looks way harder than it is. It's exactly. not that complicated. It, it's one of those things. Yes, there's a decent amount of you know you got to, there's you know different you know there's a body weight suit which we didn't really go into but all it does is it's just armor with an extra slot for hardware. But it you know it looks way more complicated because of course it's got its own section of in the book, but it really is not. A lot of it's more GM like info and and how to do systems so you know doing you know as a gm and you can speak more to this creating systems that a net runner could use might be more you know difficult for gms but even that doesn't seem like it's that hard when you're already doing building a world so you know i i think it, it like i said it you know method mentioned it looks way more complicated than it really is and i think it's like i said it's real fun i think it's no more complicated than than if you're playing a, a wizard or something in a in a you know fantasy right. game where there's a, a list of spells that you cast, like it really isn't any different than that. Uh, kind of on the the very surface of it.
1: Yeah, and and to back up what you said a moment ago, uh, you know, with the netrunner, you know, being so diverse in options and ways ways you can do it. That's exactly why I created the whole deep dive series, and hopefully this video was helpful for just that. When it comes to netrunners, I'm going to be doing separate uh, episodes of the deep dive series on each role um, I'm gonna try to have in different guests GMs players you know just to have a good discussion just like me and onrio uh, had about net runners in this video so hopefully it was helpful please give the video a like and a share um, I'd really appreciate that subscribe to cyberpunk uncensored on both YouTube and twitch uh, and join the discord like like I've said a hundred times. Uh, you know, we got a lot going on in a great community, building a lot of cool assets, resources, and just lots of lots of gameplay and more. So hit all that up. Thanks everybody for uh, contributing to the live chat. Um, this was the first of the videos where uh, we got the chat in the overlay. I want to do that for every episode of this series, and I might slide that into some upcoming series and streams that I do. It was a lot of fun. Uh, to have you all as actually part of it I know I always refer to the chat in my streams and talk about it but it was cool to put it right there in the overlay so anybody watching can read along and it's like you guys are right here with us I love it so I really appreciate it and on Rio Daniel I appreciate you joining me as always uh, and I'll see you Wednesday I appreciate being here. yeah I'll see you Wednesday uh, hopefully I don't kill you uh, anybody <laughs> you know tune in to, <laughs> tune into our stream and uh, see how that goes and uh, we'll see everybody and catch up on YouTube yeah, exactly, and catch up on everything on YouTube if you mi- missed the uh, live streams. We've got every, everything archived there. But all right, thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Take care.
0: Bye.